You know, it's weird that Baron Corbin tried to kill a guy last night. Oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, <laughs> out there in TV land or whatever the hell they call it. Um, of course, you know what I'm referring to, and that's uh, SmackDown. And we'll get to that review. But you are listening to another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, the weekly show that me and Chris do, where we break down wrestling two times a week, usually. It's fun stuff. We record it on uh, Thursdays and Saturdays, so we hope to have it out right soon after that and give you guys some context and um, about us if you're new listeners. Um, yeah, that, that, that's some good stuff. Uh, go to our website at geekvibesnation.com. You'll find a bunch of news articles there that we do and a whole bunch of other stuff and uh, ways to be able to listen to us on various audio platforms like YouTube, like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. All the major ones, basically. So if you are a past listener, thank you guys for joining us once again to talk about some stuff. Uh, it's kind of a lighter, I, I would say, day um, just because of the, the programs that we're about to talk about. But we do have, I would say, some crazy things going on right now with the WrestleMania card to talk about. But before we get to that, let me introduce my co-host, the brightest and most wonderful man with a beard. Uh, besides Macho Man Randy Savage back in the day. Uh, Christopher, brother Ray Patton, how you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. I don't know if I can take, like, brightest man with a beard. Those Duck Dynasty guys, they're, they seem pretty good-hearted. Maybe they're the, <laughs> the brightest and shiniest. I mean, you know, they're all about family and ending the show by all eating dinner together and having a good prayer. I kind of wish that was a wrestling faction, like, <laughs> to counteract the Wyatt family or something. The Duck Dynasty boys versus the Wyatts. I, I, I would I would see that. Uh, uh, I don't know. Next year. <laughs> yeah, might as well, right? <laughs> like, um, now nah, all, all joking aside, man, I'm just sitting here in uh, Gwinnett County lockdown. Everything is shut down. We are shut down, sir, uh, officially as of today. So no leaving the house unless you got to go to the grocery store, the gas station, or uh, apparently the liquor store. Uh, New <laughs> York regulations, essential shit, <laughs> essential shit. Uh, very important. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, man, how how was uh? Well, we just talked on Thursday. How how was how was your Friday? I should say instead of how was your week? Uh, you know, it, it was uh, I worked. Uh, it's been very slow at the job. We have some new, you know, we have some new T-shirts that we're actually doing. Um, sending them out to anyone uh, that my boss came out with. So if you guys are interested, it's it says stay. I, I believe it says stay the fuck away from me, and it's got um, what you call it, uh, Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction on it. So that was <laughs> cool. Uh, it's I don't know if it's stay the fuck away from me, but it's 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 bleeped out, so it doesn't actually say it. But you know, it's it's pretty funny in reference, and uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a good concept. So check out PTS uh, promotional and you can find uh, all that stuff on the website. So, yeah, we're doing that. Might as well plug that, you know, with the job, even though it's going to cause me to have to send individual shirts out to everywhere. And the, uh, <laughs> hey, man, it's better. Me, like, we got 50. I think he told me that we got like several sales. So I'm like, oh, God damn it. All right, whatever. I don't have a lot to do at work anyways. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm going to have to buy one of these because I think I saw the screenshot for it on uh, Facebook. It, yeah. Let me look at let me look it up now that I'm talking about it, you know, so I don't have the I'm 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 acting as if my uh, my boss Matt is uh, listening. But um, <laughs> well, I, like while we're doing uh, shameless self plugs, uh, do you guys do hockey jerseys? Because I have a hockey podcast named Skates and Throats. We're looking to do some fan jerseys, some fan hockey jerseys, or maybe even some T-shirt jerseys in the near future. Uh, we've got a couple different color schemes. We're probably going to throw it up. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook for people to vote on which one they like best. Obviously, we have the classic uh, Calgary Flames, Atlanta Flames, red and yellow, kind of like the old Atlanta Hawks. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys do something like that, let's cross promotion. <laughs> hey, usually we do a lot of big commercial stuff, but you know, I'm sure we could work out whatever for that, especially since you know you know me and and, and we do shows together. But I, I just sent you a picture. <laughs> So it's it's a gray shirt, but I think we can do different colored shirts. And it says six feet, motherfucker. And the the, the the fucker part, if you will, is censored. So it's a great shirt. Like I said, if you guys want to check that out, shameless plugs. Go to PTS Promotional. Search that on Google. Find the website and find the link or find us on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, definitely check out Skates of Throats. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you guys are listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, Chris. We also have a hat that I didn't even know about that we're also selling. This is awesome. Matt is so brilliant. It says, Make America Well Again. That's like the most <laughs> hat that you could possibly have. It, you could use it for either side. That's awesome. Make America Well Again. See, I'm, I, I like the ideas of these hats, but I don't think people read too well, uh, just based on the current state of the toilet paper aisle. So <laughs> I'm afraid uh, if I put one of me. these gimmick hats on someone will be like oh you trump supporter i'll be like it's a joke it's a joke hat and then i gotta fight someone at you know yeah. my local restaurant or grocery store i had the made you look hat um the red but the font said made you look and everywhere i went i got evil stares from people that from observation let me say i could tell were either conservative or liberal and just give me a death stare and i'm like did you actually read the fucking thing it's a joke <laughs> i mean like, i know this I, is I I know this is a Monday suck, but like, and and not do a comparison to Hitler, but it's almost like the Buddhist symbol turned a little bit when you wear that hat, regardless of what's put on the front of it. It's just if you just wear a red hat in general, you're probably gonna get some shit. That's what I'm getting at. Yep, except for you know, we should bring back the um, the old school uh, Fred Durst um, red, you know, New York Yankees hat or whatever the fuck that was supposed to be that he wore back in the day backwards. Are you down for that? Oh, like that, yeah, the red and blue uh, from the Roland video, uh, former theme song of uh, Badass Inc., Mr. Undertaker. Yeah, were you were, were you more of a fan of Roland for Undertaker or American Badass from Kid Rock? Because I'm actually an American Badass guy myself. I, I was more into Roland. I just thought it hit harder with his entrance, but the American Badass song, I guess, fit more with the character. So I just like when I came in where it was like, you know, the dun 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 dun, dun. Ah! 
am American bad. You know, I just thought that was cool. It's actually gave me a boner. I kind of always wish that he would have came out to Cowboy from Hell. So, like, in my little bed back in the day, that was my go-to taker song. (laughs) When I would drive him out on the Titantron, which, by the way, full nerd. You know the biker mice from Mars? So when yep. I had my little taker figure, I would put him on one of the motorcycles from the biker mice Mars and roll him through the Titantron. Is this, is this too much? <laughs> oh, man, just keep on going. It's great. We're, we're off to an awesome start, but, you know, we're trying to fill in and have a good show. And I think that, especially the fact that we're re-recording now, I kind of talked to you about this beforehand, but we can kind of, we can do stuff like this. We don't have to, we can take our time and enjoy ourselves not have to like you know be bundled up by the topics we gotta talk about which is a hell of a lot more fun i would say yep well i mean maybe we should actually get to it for the people that only come for us oh to, shit for, for oh, shit. And shit. <laughs> yeah you guys out there i'm sorry you know but hey I'm, I'm hoping that you're like you like our antics and that's why you listen to us so all right let's let's start things off um we got a couple things to talk about let's go back Actually, no. Let's let's dive right into this, Chris. So we got release information about two days ago, I believe, on Thursday, uh, that Roman Reigns was actually pulling out from uh, WrestleMania due to the fact that he has a compromised immune system because he's you know just got over leukemia and his doctors and him and his family just don't think it's a good idea. Uh, Ryan Satin broke that on Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, you know, and they have made accommodations. We'll talk about the new card. There's been a couple other, um, it's kind of scary, but like sicknesses, they're just trying to make sure that if anyone has a cold or whatever, that they're not there. I mean, it, they have to be like this. And from what Stephanie said recently in an article, it seems like they're actually trying to keep up and make sure, do everything they can to be able to have these performers wrestling. And, um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there in wrestling uh, journalism, and I've heard Dave Metzler talk about it. That's not too cool with Vince, even Tony, or uh, Dana White, for that that matter. Actually, Dana said some pretty nasty shit recently, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, big, big props to John Jones, by the way, for fucking... Never mind, I'm not going to even go into that. Just thought about what UFC... Anyways, um, but... You know, for the concept of it's a very hard thing to make sure nothing happens when we're supposed to not be within contact of each other. And we're still doing that, especially with the two wrestlers themselves in the ring the most. And I, and I get that. But, you know, with Roman, I, I think it makes sense. I think that if that's how he feels, if that's how his doctors feel, that's probably the smartest thing to do. And maybe we'll get him and Goldberg in the future. I don't really give a shit. But he has been replaced, and uh, just I'll, I'll pass it to you. But I'm just going to warn you guys: if you don't want to hear some of the changes to the WrestleMania card itself, not the not the results of the winners or anything like that, but you know any changes that they had to do, I'd tune out and you know fast forward probably about like I don't know ten minutes from now maybe, and we'll probably be done talking about it. But this is news; we got to you know cover it, uh, Chris. How do you feel about Roman Reigns stepping down from this WrestleMania? I have absolutely no problem with it. It's the same thing as uh, people not wanting to go to Saudi Arabia to some extent. Obviously, you know, weakened immune system, different scenario. But um, if you don't want to work for a specific reason, whether it's health or whether it's religious, uh, and they 
essence of Sami Zayn or just the fact that you maybe you're a little scared for your life, like Kevin Owens, <laughs> etc. I think that you should take this time for yourself. Um, I doubt Vince McMahon's holding any of these wrestlers at gunpoint. I think that to me, even looking at it from the AEW side uh, and Cody's promo, it seems like they feel like they're helping by giving you something to distract yourself. The, the same way we do this podcast or uh, the same way you see all the, the Facebook live uh, acoustic sets and things people are doing, just to try to distract people from not having sports, not having uh, being able to go out and go to a show or uh, go see a wrestling or go see a movie, etc. cetera. Um, <clears throat> so to some extent, I almost think it, it, we've talked about this before. It's not like 9-11, but that Vince McMahon promo where he's like, you know, this shit's going to keep rolling. We're here to entertain you. Let's try to put this out of our mind. To me, the wrestling aspect of this has a little bit of that. And also, I didn't hear Meltzer's talk on this, but if he also didn't shit on New Japan and stardom for starting back up very soon, uh, it's it's one of those things where it's also fucking coin. I guess Japan matters more. Uh, <laughs> so, not no, no, and I will say in reference to that, he's been a hell of a lot. I've, I've heard him make statements directly about WWE, and especially, I'm I, I'm not going to bring up the data comments, but basically he went off on a reporter and said he doesn't give a shit about what the fucking media thinks. He's going to have these going on if the fighters want to do it, and he fucking was very abrupt and aggressive, and it was coming off a question of uh, being worried about the fighters' health. And, uh, you know, so that he was referencing that, but also throwing in Vince, but He's made a comment about Tony, but he's even been pretty lax about Tony with AEW, which, I mean, I the one thing I didn't get, Chris, we didn't talk about this with AEW, is why, if they're not going to put them, you know, further apart in the audience, why they crammed them in a room together. I thought that was kind of a weird way of doing that, but that's no, you know, throw at AEW or anything like that, but I think everyone's trying to provide entertainment, like you said, and I think they're, they're I think everyone's taking steps, I would assume, to make sure that the competitor, competitors themselves are, you know, taken care of, especially with the changes that we're about to go over with the card itself for WrestleMania. But I'm sure a lot of people are giving shit to whatever company for doing it. I mean, well, to some extent, Vince McMahon canceled his first WrestleMania ever since the inception of WrestleFuckingMania. Um, <laughs> and from what, what we know... A lot of it is pre-recorded, so you're only talking about two people working at a time. So there's a little bit of props to Vince for that. And uh, AEW, I mean, they've consistently put on good entertainment. Like I said, there's a very big lack of of sports and a lot of other things outside of just pre-recorded shows or, or Netflix. I mean, there's only so many times you can watch that Tiger King documentary. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm on, like, the second time already. So Is that the one with Michael PSAs? Yeah, Michael PSAs, the, the free bird himself. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, uh, so great. No, I mean, I, to me, just I think I didn't hear the Dana White comments. So I don't want to spend too much talking about it, but Dana White says fucked up shit all the time, and just kind of gets a pass because people love UFC. <laughs> I, I think he's a, uh, you know, I mean, this even goes back to uh, his feud with uh, was the Golden Boy. Uh, God, what is his fucking name? You hate him, blonde hair, uh, Tito Ortiz. This even goes back to the T2 Ortiz days with some of the things that like Dana has said publicly about fighters and media. He does a good heel, man. He is. That's more the hatred. I don't hate him because I think he's a fuck. Like, I hate Josh Kotchek. 
Like, he was a great fighter, but he was a complete dickbag. I knew that Tito was putting on more of a performance than anything else. Or at least maybe that's what I gave him credit for. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Like, this isn't the first time that Dana Weiss came out and said something kind yeah, of fucked yeah. up and shitty. Uh, like, even, you know... Just <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I think they're very hard to lump together. And if anything, Dana's probably really upset because he's losing a lot of money. <laughs> Like a lot of money, because the thing about wrestling is, as wrestling has proved, you can do empty arena shows. But like you, we saw that empty arena UFC fight. It's just fucking weird, man. Like really, really weird. It's almost like watching a like a torture porn or some kind of weird shit like that. Just because you see two guys beating the ever loving shit out of each other. And it kind of makes you think in the back of your head, like, why are they doing this? Whereas, like, wrestling, they beat the ever-living shit out of each other, but, you know, like, the idea is to keep each other safe. Whereas in UFC, you're literally trying to kill the other guy. <laughs> so, yep. I'm sure there's just, Dana's a little pissed about that and probably just got asked the wrong question on the wrong day. And, like I said, he's never been shy about going the fuck off when he feels like he needs to go the fuck off, basically. But, uh, yeah, lumping in AEW and WWE for what they're trying to do and accomplish. Like I said, I think Cody's promo kind of summed it up best, like, hey, look, we're here. We're still going to do the same thing. We're trying to provide entertainment for you guys. Stay at home. Be safe. Don't try to do what we're doing, but like watch and enjoy it, which is what I took from that promo, even the Kenny Omega segment. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, WWE is trying to do the same thing to some extent. All right, man. I'm sorry. We, we're going to come right back to this, but I at least have to get a little bit of uh, words from you. Since we didn't talk about it, we brought up UFC. I wasn't trying to go in this direction, but John Jones fucking once again DWI and found with a of some type of gun. I think it was a pistol not registered in his name. What the fuck? The heavyweight champion or the the light heavyweight champion? I, I is it light heavyweight or heavyweight, Chris? Is it heavyweight? Light heavyweight. Regardless. Arguably one is statistically one of the best fighters in mixed martial arts history. And why is he one of the greatest athletes that has gotten, you know, in the way of himself and all of his glory? I just don't fucking understand it, man. Really, really puzzles me. Here's a really good question. Why do people bury Brock Lesnar for testing positive, but not Bones Jones? And then also Bones Jones is also an asshole outside of the ring. I don't know, man. It's just so fucking <laughs> I completely agree with you, though, because that's a good point. I don't know if it's because he's a, the pro wrestler guy. It's like, whatever, dude. He was also the wrestler guy before that, if you actually know anything about NCAA fucking wrestling and shit. But um, I can. I don't uh, know. I, let me uh, quickly synopsis. Like, to me, I the Bones Jones thing is absolutely crazy to me. This guy has had so many opportunities to make so much money and be this great fighter and, and live up to what his potential actually was. But he's almost wasted two, almost two to three years of his career off weird substance like cocaine at one point, And then like pet t- testing positive for some sort of performance enhancing drug, which like, as we've talked about in the past is now it's scaled back even further than it was when he tested positive for it. So it's a weird fucking thing. Um, it's it's just such a weird thing because this guy was i mean he may be the greatest ufc fighter of all time when he was in his prime but we'll never know where he actually got to because like you gotta think he's gonna get some jail time for this 
like <laughs> whether it's three months, four months. And as we learned from like Mike Tyson, for instance, you just don't can't train the same way. You're not going to come out of that the same. His last fight, he didn't look great in. Some people even had him losing a couple rounds. Um, I think like it's pretty me. much. I, I think pretty much writing on the wall like. He's not the Bones Jones anymore, <laughs> which is surprising. If you'd have told me that Bones Jones, coming off of all that shit back to the ring, was going to be less impressive than Conor McGregor, I would have told you you were full of shit like six months ago. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, wow, way to analyze something or analyze something, I should say. You know, and and speaking of Dana White. You know, wanting to punch himself in the face with a, a brick. I'm sure this information coming out really didn't help things. Um, my two questions to you to kind of like, you know, get us back on topic. Uh, last things about Bones Jones. Do you think that UFC is going to strip him and do you think he'll ever come back? Or is Dana, you know, he said last time that was fucking it. And or is he going to realize like that's one of my stars? I still have to fucking utilize him. And Really, when when it, when it comes down to it, uh, like, is there any other athlete you can think of that did this? Like, you know, even Mike Tyson was kind of getting out of his prime when he started doing some really stupid shit. And it was probably because of what happened right before it, you know. But John, he destroyed part of his prime fucking up like this. It's It's crazy, man. I've never seen an athlete get in the way of himself like this. And I don't know a lot about other sports, so maybe I shouldn't really try to pretend outside of UFC and boxing, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, one of the comparisons I drew the other day when we were talking about this, because I think we were going to actually talk about this on Thursday and then we just fucking missed it, but was Brandon Marshall for the New York Jets. He got signed, big wide receiver deal. Sorry, I cut out for a second. Uh, big wide receiver deal, and I think he accidentally shot himself in a nightclub with an, uh, basically an unbranded fire, unregistered firearm and then went to jail and missed a season, one from injury plus jail time, et cetera, basically missed the full season. But he was on track to be one of the best receivers in the league at that time. So it was a huge signing for the Jets. So that, that's one that comes to mind right off the bat as someone kind of fucking themselves in their prime. Uh, but... I don't think to the, he he wasn't to the same extent as like Bones Jones in UFC. Like he, I mean, he was primed to be one of the best, and he's a great receiver and may even make the Hall of Fame at some point. But like Bones Jones was considered the best fighter the UFC had ever seen, <laughs> and somehow just continuously got in his own way, which is uh, it's insane. And, and like you know, Floyd Mayweather did a lot of stupid shit, but he always found a way out of it to continue fighting if he would have gotten actually something pinned on him and like went to jail, that would probably be the comparison you could draw, but nothing ever really stuck to that guy. Yeah, man. And it just, to, just to wrap up, it just sucks because I mean, besides just being so incredible by himself and ruining his own legacy, USC is, doesn't have a lot of stars anymore. You know, Ronda's done. They've, they've got a couple females that are, you know, Amanda Nunez, obviously, that are that are doing well within the women's division, but she was someone that brought eyes to the product. McGregor's back, but he's gonna have a limited schedule. They kind of have Khabib as a big name, but he's more of a dominant fighter than I think. Well, I, maybe over in his country, there's a little bit of a difference, and you know. But I'm just saying, you know, as far as stars, John Jones was one of the last 
big names. They're, they, they're trying to make Israel one of them, but his last fight kind of uh, proved a little bit differently, at least in the fans' eyes, both him and the competitor that he went against. So it just sucks. Um, and uh, I hope he gets back on track. I, I think that's the only thing I can say and just quit fucking getting in his own way. So um, anyways, let's get I, back. I, I on guess that. well, just one quick question. Even yeah. if he comes back, let's say he's out for six months based on that last fight. Do you think that he's just going to get toppled? I don't know, man. But the thing is, I mean, you would think realistically as a punishment, he should have to kind of come back up through the ranks, but they would probably put him right at the top. And if they do that, yeah, I think someone's going to fucking knock him on his ass. I think that almost happened last time, but it just someone almost exposed him. Someone almost, you know, finally got to him and he was able to come back and they gave it to him in the favor, which I thought the ruling was a little bit ridiculous. We already talked about that, uh, but yeah. You know, so yeah, I think someone would knock on. They're they're gonna put him back in the in the spotlight. People are gonna get pissed, rightfully so. You know, because he fucked up and he should probably go back a peg. But then again, John Jones probably will maul through people that are you know lesser in the ranks. Uh, but once he gets there, man, doesn't matter. Someone will fucking hit him, and he will be done. Yeah, I will. Um, I will say right now, probably to me, the best fighter. <laughs> And the UFC, at least in their division, is Amanda Nunez. She's just been absolutely fucking wrecking people. Um, yep. <laughs> so all of her fights are fun to watch. I'll, if we're talking positively about the UFC, and I am very much interested in the next Connor fight. So, I mean, yeah, it, you, one of the questions you posed, which I kind of skipped around, didn't answer, was do you think Bones Jones will come back? And the answer to that is, fuck yeah. I mean, Dana White can still make money and the guy can still put on a good fight. The only way Dana's going to put someone out to pastor, so to speak, is if it gets to like the Chuck Liddell where he's getting knocked out in like 30 seconds in the first round three or four times in a row. I mean, we've just seen that and as far as how Dana kind of judges his fighters. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's just crazy in retrospect. I would say that if you guys want to go see uh, a fellow fighter and one of his ex-partner training partners, uh, go see what Diago... Diego Sanchez had to say about it. Uh, pretty pissed about the fact that once again, this has happened. Um, anyways, let's get back to uh, what we were talking about. So yeah, Dave Metzler let us know on the last observer, I believe uh, that basically the card has been changed that Roman Reigns was not the only person that was sick. Uh, that's, having to duck out of uh, WrestleMania that they're finishing filming this weekend or trying to, I would assume. Corey to Metzler, this is quote. The WrestleMania card has also changed. Uh, names are being kept confidential because show you know. <laughs> but it's been confirmed that uh, multiple people on the card either said they were sick, which meant instantly being pulled off all the shows for that week, there were others that did not feel sick but had fevers over 100.4, which uh, was the WWE's cutoff point, uh, not allowing people to work. And people, wow, this is really hard to keep on doing. Uh, and others who, on their own, said they didn't feel comfortable flying in. Both AEW and WWE had told people that if they don't want to come, they don't have to come. And that is a decision made now won't be held against them when it comes to future booking. And, um, so we have out, we already talked about Rey Mysterio being out, Dana Brooke being taken out of that match. 
just because they both had a cold. Um, Bobby Lashley is on quarantine because he was in another country, so he's uh, taken out of his match with Aleister Black. I don't know who they're going to have in place. <laughs> I don't know who they're going to have in place, or maybe they'll just take Aleister off it because maybe we just don't need an extra match, which I would feel bad for him. But, hey, Buddy Murphy, like I said, they put on fucking amazing matches. Um, and then The Miz is sick, so there also is that. Um, all of them are just showing basically like a, a, a normal cold, but they don't want to take any chances, and I get that. So they've had to re, you know, they've had to uh, rearrange some of the matches, and we'll go over the new card. This is the uh, new WrestleMania card. Um, some of them are exactly the same. We have Drew McIntyre uh, versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal, um, or yeah, for the Universal Title match, going against Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg. It's Braun Strowman. So. That means either a very good, uh, <laughs> very WWE-ish, since they're filming right now and probably going to have a stop date, I'm assuming, and take a break because Orlando's shutting down. They won't have the Performance Center um, for a little while. I'm assuming they're going to keep it on fucking Bill. Uh, I would hope that they would just say fuck it and just finally give Braun the title, but it kind of proves that he's the big show. But then again, I would be happy for even though – his comments recently about indie wrestlers and all that bullshit that happened online, whatever. I would be happy for Braun if he got the title. It's just like three years too late. Um, then NXT women's uh, still Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, the raw women's title match, Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch fatal five way elimination match for the SmackDown women's title. You got Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tamina Snuka and Bailey. That was set up on SmackDown, the raw tag team title match, Angel Garza, uh, since uh, Andrade was uh, one of the other guys pulled, I guess I missed that on the other page. Um, so Angel Garza is now going to be teaming with Chris Austin Theory for some reason to go against the Street Profits. Big ups on Austin Theory taking advantage of the fact he lives in Orlando. He probably told him, I'll do whatever. And they were like, all right, well, we're going to fucking just, you know, after his loss to Tyler Breeze, give him a tag team title championship match. Uh, that makes me think that. Uh, Street Profits are probably going over on that one, but that should be a good match. Uh, we have the Intercontinental because of what happened last night. Sami Zayn will be going against Daniel Bryan. Uh, ladder match um, for the SmackDown tag team titles. Um, this one's really weird because it's supposed to be one of the Usos going against John Morrison, and he doesn't have the Miz now, so I don't know if they're doing a single for the SmackDown tag team titles. This is what's listed from wrestling Inc. You know, this is, uh, so it, uh, I have no idea, but apparently the new day is not going to be involved and Miz is sick. So yeah. And then the WWE women's tag team match, Nikki cross, Alexa bliss against Oscar and Carrie Sane. There's so many fucking matches edge versus Randy Orton taker versus AJ styles, John Cena versus the fiend, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, Elias versus Baron Corbin. We don't know who the replacement is against Aleister black. And Otis is going against Dolph Ziggler. All right, I'm going to send this to you, Chris, right now, because I forgot to. I, I got it pulled up. <clears throat> you said Wrestling Inc., right? Yes. Okay, so we're going off the same thing. Uh, shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, guess the, I guess the big surprise is uh, the Goldberg opponent to me. Uh, going with Braun, I feel like, you know, you're just they're just going to keep it on Goldberg, right? There's no sense of putting it on Braun. He's already the IC champion. He's still IC champion, unless I'm crazy. 
No, he's not. No, Hermione remember lost the... to Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah Sami Zayn. Zayn. That's right. I just, ah, oh, man, they missed such an opportunity with him, and I don't think the fans are behind him the same way anymore. And I just don't see them pulling that off of, of Goldberg and then going down the route of Roman versus Braun again. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know I, I just uh, being honest. I mean, because they're filming it, and you have two big ass hosses like Goldberg and and Braun, if they go that route, if they decide to film it and not do like a live actual match, that shit could be really good though. Um, if you play to everyone's strengths, if Paul Heyman's involved like he was with the uh, Brock Goldberg match, two big hosses, I think that could be a really, really good match. I mean, still the standout to me on this card. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn, that's one. That's going to be absolute fucking banger. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, I think, will be an incredible match. Um, and I think Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar is going to be great. And then, uh, to me, the one that we're all looking forward to is that last man standing match, which I think will easily be the highlight of mania. It's crazy that the new day is not going to be in this ladder match. Cause now, and I don't know if we've ever had this, have we ever had just two tag teams in a ladder match or are they going to change that? Or did they just, well, we don't even know to bosh it all together. I'm so I'm so confused if someone from the New Day is also sick, and that's the reason why they're not involved. And also, I don't, they're making it sound like a singles match because who the fuck is John Morrison going to defend the titles with if Miz is not there? You know, I, 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 I don't get it. Maybe Kofi versus John Morrison in the ladders match? We just channeled yeah. it. Or- Maybe like a singles of each one of them, and, you know, you get one of the Usos, you got Jimmy Uso, say. And Kofi and and John Morrison, it'll be a singles ladder match for the tag team titles. That'd be so strange. Or or just a Money in the Bank type deal. Whoever wins gets a you know uh, a solo tag match. Yeah. And you John Morrison's trying to deflect it so they can't do it. Or yeah, because because like if he wins, no one can challenge them, right? Like yep. you have to have another tag idea. team. So you could you could spin it that way. And I mean, fucking John Morrison and uh, Kofi and one of the Usos, like that'll be fucking incredible uh, if they go that route. Uh, Austin Theory thing, I don't like. <laughs> don't like it. I'm glad he's he's out there getting put on this card, but you know he's there to eat a pin. Like I yep. feel <laughs> it just sucks because, like, decent exposure. I mean, I guess, and I get the taking your you know your lumps in the WWE and NXT, but he lost to fucking Tyler Breeze, and now they're gonna put him in this match and he's going to eat a pin here from the street profits. Who's just a raw tag team. And you know how Vince feels about tag teams on raw. So it's just uh, fucking, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have a good match. Austin theory is really good. (laughs) Here's a question. What person can they put against Aleister black? If they want to keep that. Now that Bobby's out. I mean, I think, I think we're spot on. I like when you said buddy Murphy on our, the last show i i think you're spot on i think that's where you go you have a great ass match between those two or you just don't put them on the card um i mean unless you're gonna have him just roundhouse kick the shit out of gronkowski or something but he's not really doing a heel turn it's this weird tweener thing i guess um i don't know maybe cena gets murdered and bray's taking it too far and you slot that feud which we know is the inevitable which will be alistair and the fiend somehow even though they're on separate rosters <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i could see that i could see you know cena about to get murdered 
by Bray Wyatt. Lights go out. Aleister Black fucking roundhouse kicks the fiend and knocks him clean the fuck out. They can always, uh, you know, and I mean, obvi- I would assume that this is a match if they're going to keep it. That Aleister Black was going to go over Bobby Lashley. I think a lot of us assume that, but I mean, they could just be like. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's stuck in Ireland. They could be like, hey, Finn, go against him. You don't even have to do the demon, but having Finn Balor going against Aleister Black in a badass match would probably be good. Then again, if you fucking make Finn lose, then that doesn't help him in NXT. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing here. Um, I think Buddy Murphy's the safest route. I would say that. Or, here, put him... Oh, never mind. I don't want to do that to Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins by making it a three-way, but I mean, if you really want to use them, you can use them. I mean, Aleister Black versus those two in a three-way match would probably be really fucking good. Like, I, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of three-way matches, and I kind of am looking forward to Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, and I hope they turn it up to, like, fucking 11, because I know those guys could easily have match of the night. I just don't expect it out of them. Um, I don't know. Seth's just been kind of in a lull to me lately. Yeah. Uh, Agreed, but, and I'm a huge Seth fan. Yeah, I mean, fucking, I loved, I loved Tyler Black in Ring of Honor, <laughs> and I loved his his run. That Raw Gauntlet shit was very impressive. He looks great in that. But ever since then, uh, he's just been kind of coasting along. In my yeah. opinion, as far as like putting out high quality matches and shit, I mean, not taking anything. I like agree. Seth's fucking incredible performer. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Alistair being in there wouldn't be that bad of a thing. But then, once again, maybe Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins turn it up to fucking 11 and blow our minds or some shit. It's possible. We don't know what the fuck we're going to get out of this thing because they could have five minutes. They could have 25 minutes just because it's split into two days and some of it's pre-recorded. Like, they're not trying to fit everything in live. I mean, we could just get a lot of, like, long-formatted NXT-type matches, which, if so, that could be great for everyone involved. Yeah, especially if they recorded a certain way and not are not worried, at, like if they're doing takes, basically. Because at that point, who gives a shit, you know, to make it look cleaner? I mean, you're you're pre-recording it anyways. But another idea, last one for Aleister Black that I just like looked at and thought possibility. If you want to keep him on the card and not actually have him in a match, I mean, he was already a part of that 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 thing going on with AJ Styles and Taker. You have whatever the Boneyard match. You have. You know, the club get involved, they they start fucking over Taker, and then Alistair comes out and helps him out a bit, and just like he did, you know, returns the favor, and Taker gets his win over AJ Styles. And it, you know, makes doesn't make AJ look weak because Alistair helps out Undertaker. Something like that. I mean, that, that was, like, kind of rumored to begin with, is that it was going to be, like, a three versus two match, right? With Taker and yeah. Alistair versus... So, I mean, they could just do that, I guess. I mean, there's nothing... I don't think there's any fallout from that. Or maybe you do the taker match and you come up with a reason to restart the match or whatever and you give kind of people both so they don't feel like they got cheated. I don't know. There's cool ways around yeah. that. I, I'm I'm excited to see what AJ Styles can do with Taker in a singles match though. Especially after that last Goldberg catastrophe in Saudi. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 looking forward to a lot of these matches. Um the two last questions. Um you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of other matches we can get over, go over, but I think a lot of the ones that haven't changed, um, they're uh, we've already talked to them about them at length, and we've already talked about a lot of the changes. The two last things I would like to talk about: Otis going against Dolph Ziggler. I'm looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be fun. It's one of the the things set up 
I think, fairly well with their storyline. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some type of interruption with Mandy. Maybe she goes full heel and screws him over, you know, to kind of and stays with Dolph. I could see something like that happening. I don't know. Uh, or maybe Otis can get the girl. Maybe that's it. It's so dumb that I actually am into the storyline. But And then Elias and King Corbin, you know, Baron Corbin basically killed Elias last night. And they made it look like, you know, we don't know if he's actually going to go against them. So um, do they make Gronk beat Baron Corbin in a match? Is that what they're trying to set up? I, I, I don't know. I mean, but that's definitely possible based on what happened last night. Yeah, I mean, I, not that I think Corbin needs to get any heat or anything, but uh, I I wouldn't necessarily put Gronk over a wrestler in this show, especially Corbin's like the top heel on SmackDown. It's, as sad as that sounds, he is the top heel on SmackDown. Um, people hate and, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people hate him. I don't necessarily. I mean, yes, you'll get the cheap pop for Gronk getting a win, but it, it you know, Corbin's taken a lot of losses recently. <laughs> Um, I don't know that that would necessarily be the best idea, but I could I could easily see them doing something like that, or you could you know set up the match. It's Mojo versus Baron, and then Gronk just gets attacked in afterwards or something and kicks his ass, and maybe they set something up in the future. Um, but hopefully they don't just go with a straight Gronk versus Baron Corbin match. Yeah, uh, I, I I do have one question for you before we move on. How yeah, absolutely excited are you to see Sami Zayn back in a singles match after like eight fucking months of not being in singles competition this is going to be it's it's weird because he's definitely been and I think he's been doing a great job as manager but this is going to be weird because Sami Zayn also you forget that he's one of the best in-ring workers that they have so this is going to be the first time I would say since that 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 tag match we were talking about on Thursday or not the tag match, that, that match where it was um, the Miz, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. This is a high-profile, you know, workers' belt, intercontinental title match between Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. And they should. They've already worked with each other. They should have an awesome fucking match. But I'm sure there's going to be tomfoolery. I'm sure Drew Gulak's going to be involved, uh, probably because I'm sure that uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro will be involved. But it, it, it could be the best match of the night. Honestly, with the wrestling, it's going to be weird having him back for sure. As a wrestler. I'm hoping that WWE does the uh, pull the rug out from under us and surprise us the opposite way and just let Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan have a match. Because <laughs> it'll be a fucking great match. Yeah, no bullshit, no extra people. Just let the two of them just kick the shit out of each other. I completely agree. But yeah, I mean, overall, man, some of these matches... I would say for, for the most part, I'm looking forward to um, the changes. I guess they they need to be done. But uh, it will be interesting to actually find out what will be the final card. And within all this, and I think I speak for, for, for Chris, that I don't blame Roman Reigns for stepping down from this, especially based on his medical stuff of, you know, second time getting over leukemia very recently. Definitely a weakened immune system. And any of the people that they sent home or opted out of it, out of those individuals that have left, it's completely understandable. And I'm happy that WWE is obviously not going to do anything. You know, uh, they, they're they not being assholes about this. People understand 
And even though this is probably driving Vince fucking crazy, you know, I think it's it's good that AEW and WWE are trying to take precautions, which is what we originally were talking about. Any closing statements, Chris? Um, outside of this fatal five-way elimination match for the SmackDown women's title, um, I think that's going to be awful. <laughs> but outside of that, no, no other closing statements. I just, I, dude, when it comes to stuff like that, to be honest with you, it's better. It's better, I think, for it to be elimination, so you can kind of get some of the trim the fat, if you will. You know. <laughs> I Especially mean, I because, guess, but they've kind of they've given us this match essentially. I mean, sub Tamina in for whoever, I guess. Whoever. We've seen this match before, and it's it's not gonna be good unless you well, just immediately get everyone out and you just have Sasha and Bailey go at it. That's what I'm wondering. Sasha or something. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if, if you know, it's it, it will be interesting. I agree with you, though. It's definitely one of the ones I'm not looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to the Universal match, even if it is Goldberg and fucking Braun Strowman and they can do stuff. I just know it's not going to be that great. But if Braun Strowman or if one of my if Sasha or Naomi get that title, I'll at least like it for the factor that they want it. But Goldberg and fucking Bailey are probably going to end up winning those because I said that probably should have shut my mouth. I, I just. I just feel like they're missing a huge opportunity with someone like Adam Cole or someone from the NXT roster. I obviously Bill probably doesn't want to work with Matt Riddle or, you know, whatever. I just feel like you're missing a huge opportunity, whether it's Velveteen Dream or Adam Cole, like insert yeah. one of the NXT guys in and, and give them the spotlight, maybe give them a win over Bill Goldberg. And when Reigns is okay to come back, that's your match. And you really, yeah. you know, strap the fucking rockets to that guy. Like you're, Adam Cole could easily be the champion and and well, he could win through undisputed error and they could be on both shows. There's a lot of shit you could do there. that makes a lot more sense than fucking Braun Strowman versus Bill Goldberg. Well, you know, and, and, and I completely agree with you. Um, I'm just wondering what they're doing with takeover. Cause it seems like, and I mean, maybe this is not a bad idea to compete against, you know, I, I don't think there's any competition. I think NXT knows that they're not going to hit the ratings that AEW is, but whatever. If you want to get people to view your product with Gargano and Champa, you know, and Adam Cole and and uh, Velveteen Dream, two matches that were supposed to be at the next Takeover, it's it seems like they're actually going to take these main events and make them the main events to their future shows um, instead of doing a Takeover. Because the other rumor, Chris, was next Thursday, the Thursday before WrestleMania, they were just going to, or next next Wednesday, I should say. The Wednesday before WrestleMania, they were just going to do TakeOver on their thing. But obviously, that's not happening. Like, what the hell is going on with TakeOver? And why not, if you're going to cancel it, throw a couple of matches from that on here, the bigger ones, and get rid of some of these smaller fucking no-one-gives-a-shit Baron Corbin versus Elias matches? Well, there's 15 matches, right? <laughs> that's what i'm saying but you can shave you can shave like four or five of them and put them in place with some of the bigger title matches they already have the women's title for nxt you know so like just a couple of them gargano and champa fucking um velveteen dream and adam cole just, you know maybe one or two other ones the ta- the uh the badass ladder match the women's ladder match that would be another one actually i have no idea what the fuck the card was now I wonder if part of it is, and this is just me. I, I know nothing about this. I don't have any kind of inside information. I wonder if Here's part the inside of, information. There's what? no inside information. Um, 
I wonder if part of it is the fact that they know that the NXT style works better with crowd reaction. Yeah, and that's very they're true. Just, they're just delaying it to the future because they do. I mean, I don't want to call it an indie style, but they definitely feed off the crowd a little bit more. It's more of like your New Japan type deal. And maybe the worry is, is if you just throw this on, you throw Ciampa and Gargano in a match in Mania with no crowd and not really any buildup on your two primary shows on TV. So the people that come over to Mania might just be like, who the fuck are these guys? Your casual fans, especially if the idea is like, this is going to be the only thing on that weekend, sports related. So you might get some of those casual fans back. So I, I think there's probably a little bit of that mindset. Like I said, there's no insider information or anything on that, but obviously I, I think that that's something they probably took in consideration. Yeah, I, it's it's weird because we're we're, we're going to be talking about matches right now on NXT, um, and a lot of them were supposed to be a part of that card, you know, including the women's uh, ladder match. So. But I'm sure they're going to be figuring out stuff, and, and if anything, I'm, I'm assuming on future shows when they record them, they're going to be having some of these matches on there, or, like you said, they're just going to... See, the thing about NXT is I, I trust Triple H, even if they have to take a break, even if whatever, that he can actually extend feuds that I don't really trust Vince doing with this whole mania concept, uh, with WrestleMania still having to go on, because if you look at the way AEW did it, they're able to maintain feuds... For a very long time periods, because they have limited pay-per-views, um, and same thing with takeovers. There's limited takeovers throughout the year, so if they had to take time off and then come back to us, I think that they can give us enough material and have it extended. It's not like Vince, where it's like, yeah, we need to get Mania over because I don't think Vince can, you know, he's he's not good with with long-term booking. Basically, is would that be fair, Chris? I mean, I can't really say that this year because I think they put in really good work heading into Mania as far as storylines. You know what I mean? Like they had a a direction that they were clearly going in until the world decided to uh, erupt, so to speak. Um, But this is like probably one of the best Mania buildups I remember in in quite a while as far as having like set matches between individuals, etc. Like some storylines. but yes, for the most part, Triple H is way better at booking. I mean, it used to be a tape show, right? So they would pre-tape four of these before you ever saw them. Um, so in theory, in NXT should be better at this. Um, but hey, like I said, I, I can't really shit on what you know Vince and and Paul and uh, was it is who the fuck is over SmackDown now? Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Bruce, yeah, Bruce Pritchard. I, I can't really shit on what they've done to try to build towards mania. I mean, I guess some people probably didn't like the outcome of the Saudi show with Goldberg getting the win over Bray or whatever. I mean, here and there, but like we've talked about in the past, the idea of making people kind of dislike Goldberg to put him against Roman Reigns booking wise is kind of smart. So like take like the hero of the internet fans and, and whatever and have Goldberg beat them. And then you still appease the Goldberg fans, but you also have that subset that, would normally boo Roman are now going to boo Goldberg because they're like all oh, this fucking part-timer won the title or whatever that I think that was the idea behind that. But outside of that, I mean, the booking for this thing's not been bad, man. And I, I think they had some really good setup, like matches set up like almost a month ago that we all knew about. And to me, I was kind of, I was really excited about this card. I still am. I think there's some good matches on this shit, but I can't really complain about the buildup to mania. But like you said, with NXT, 
Triple H and William Regal and all the great minds that are there and knowing that that show used to be pre-taped anyways. And like you said, with AEW having a four-month you know, span in between pay-per-views, there's ways to do that and just extend those storylines. More of the problem is a lot of those storylines are already recycled, which is what worries me. Like how much more of Ciampa versus Gargano, et cetera, can I deal with for you know two months down the line? Hey, Chris, apparently from what Triple H says, this is it. This is the last time. But we'll get to that, actually, um, with the ending of the show. All right, so NXT started off with a match between Tyler Breeze, Prince Pretty himself, going against Austin, Austin Theory. We kind of already talked about it a bit earlier. Um, it was a good match, man. I mean, both of them are great workers. Austin is all over the place. I, I, I love when he goes through the ropes, when he's on the apron, and does the drop kick, the shotgun drop kick. I think that's really, really good. I mean, he just – I really like Austin Theory. Um, his body size – I, we've talked about this and maybe we're both biased because we're, you know, both from Georgia and I've gone to sun, Southern outer wrestling and, you know, I've seen this dude live before, before all this, before even he was involved and stuff. And, um, he's got that body type. That's like the dynamite kid, Benoit, you know, Jamie Noble, uh, Davy Richards, stocky, but quick, you know, and, He's just his personality reminds me of a young Orton and uh, his his performance reminds me of AJ Styles, another Georgia boy. So it was weird having the loss. I'm, I'm assuming, Chris, because it says NXT, you'll remember when Andrade first was exposed when he came on the scene. He was losing every fucking match and getting his ass kicked um, to kind of show him and put him in his place when he met Selena Vega that he needed to get on track. And then he went up. So I. Uh, if they have this setup that Tyler Breeze is going to have, you know, some storyline with Austin Theory and Austin Theory inevitably is going to come up and start just dominating over him to make him more focused. Because within this match, he started playing and tried to videotape himself and was just fucking around and ended up getting pinned because of it after getting the beauty shot. Um, so if they do that, great. If this is just Tyler Breeze getting a, uh, a win over Austin Theory, I have no idea why the fuck they did it. How do you feel about this match? I, I kind of like how you drew the drew drew some parallels there with Andrade and and some past things that they've done on NXT. That makes me feel a little better about the situation because I didn't really think of that. But that's that's a good point. Um, I don't like the filming yourself. I think it's too on the nose, especially it's kind of Sammy Guevara's thing right now. And then he's also in a match with a guy that used to do that on NXT. <laughs> so that I guess that was one takeaway. Um, it was a good. Match. I think I it was. It- I think he did it on Tyler's phone, basically. I think that's what they were insinuating. Yeah, I hope it so. Was. Yeah. Um, I will recommend if you guys want to check out some early Darby Allen and Austin Theory and some of the evolved shit. Um, also, another Vice documentary. We talked about the Benoit stuff, obviously, uh, on the past episode. But check out The Wrestlers if you go to Vice's website and just search Austin Theory. That episode should pop up. Um, you should be able to find it on YouTube or whatever, but it's it's great. Austin Theory is one of the people they highlight that Darby Allen. Obviously, guys that are that will be huge stars in the future. Um, don't like him being paired with Angel Garza, though, as we talked about earlier. I just think it's a weird combination of people, and it's just really it's, easy for it's, Vince to have one bad taste in his mouth and be like, fuck this guy. 
Yeah, and to reiterate, yeah, that's the thing you're worried about. It has nothing to do with Angel. I think both me and you think that Angel's also one of those future superstars, I would believe, in the future. Oh, yeah, man. I, I think Angel Garza's already kind of pegged as, I mean, in a feud with Andrade going forward with Selena at some point. I, I mean, they already have stuff written on the wall for him. My worry is, like, you're throwing Austin Theory into a WrestleMania match, and if he has one fuck up, Vince is going to lose shit. Yep. That's very true. Um, all right. So the next thing that we had was a match with Killian Dane going against uh, newcomer Tahati Miles. Um, Tahati Miles, I swear to God, I, and I don't know, maybe all these, I don't think Shane did. Um, but it seems like there's similar looks that's very Velveteen Dream-esque that both him and previous to him, Shane Strickland and even um, Damian Priest kind of had like this androgynous with the sunglasses and the prancing to the ring. I think it's overdone. And to stand out, you probably want to do something a bit differently. Luckily, with Strickland and especially Priest, they've kind of shown more personality past that. But it just kind of it seems, like I said, overdone. But he got a loss anyways. Um, good in the ring. Uh, Killian Dane's just a monster. And ended up overcoming him with the uh, Vader bomb. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. How'd you like it? Did you know that Killian Dane was still on the roster? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, he's not fighting Dijakovic or Keith Lee? No, they took him out of that thing. Maybe Priest is not a person. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I thought this was a good squash match. Obviously, they're trying to rehab Killian a little bit here. Um, and I agree with you. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. Velveteen Dream has a natural charisma. And you can't just do that character with anyone. There, I mean, it's it's kind of like Jeff Hardy. There's just something to like about the guy in general, regardless of the character. So just throwing that gimmick on anyone, um, even going back to Tyler Breeze, for instance, in his NXT run, like yeah, he made it work, but not to the same level as I think that like Velveteen Dream made it work. Agreed. Completely agree. All right, then we had Cameron Grimes going against Tony Nese. Uh, this is a really good match, man. This is kind of the Corso. I mean, if I'm going to nitpick uh, NXT comparing it to AW, some of these matches were kind of – this is going to sound like an insult, but it's not supposed to be. It's like a 205 Live where they have a bunch of great high-profile matches but not a lot of direction. Then again, they put a lot of these ones, like this one in the Killian Dane-Miles match you know, in between some of the ones that, you know, were for storyline, but it's like, they are really using whoever they have. And, uh, still Tony Nese, awesome in ring performer, extras away champion. Him and Cameron Grimes had a good match. There was one part where it's so weird how the world is now, Chris, but Cameron Grimes was like doing this thing where he kind of like almost goes into his mouth and starts pulling on the jaw. And I'm like, will you stay <laughs> the fuck away from his mouth with your hands, dude? But that's how it is nowadays. But dude, Cameron Grimes is—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a fun heel. He's—he's he's nasty. I love the caveman. Before I didn't think it really worked for me, but now the way that he—he—the uh, way it looks now, I think is actually becoming a pretty good finisher. Even though Loki does it as a normal move. Um, but how did you like this match, Chris? <laughs> I thought the match was very, very good. I like Tony Nese a lot. It's—he uh, seems to be kind of a fall guy in a lot of situations since they moved the cruiserweight title back to NXT. I think he's a very good worker. Cameron Grimes looked good here. Uh, curious to see what they do with him in the future, just because I don't 
know of any real storyline to shove him into unless you're going to move people out of NXT or maybe introduce a mid-card title, which I don't think is... I, I mean, or put him in that mid-card title spot, I should say, not introduce, but introduce him to the mid-card title like the, was it, North American Championship? He's always on the cusp right now. He gets his ass kicked by any of those guys if he goes against them, though. Yeah, it's 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 just kind of weird. So they'll give him a win, and then he'll go against someone in that picture and then lose. Um, but yeah, great wrestler, and I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, man, could you imagine if this was the 80s and you had, like, Britt Baker, <laughs> and her move was that clutch, like... Clutch thing where the mandible, you know, she'd be like rubbing her hands all over the seats and shit to get the heat. <laughs> or oh, Mick yeah. Foley, Mick, brother. Mick Foley would Mick fucking did do that, sock though. him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I remember people complaining that he actually used his own socks. Like he's like, I washed them, and they're like, dude, it's not a new sock. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, That's geez. what they were worried about. Not Rikishi giving them a dirty ass. Oh, God, that's the one, man. I would rather kiss Vince McMahon's ass and get a fucking stink face. Fuck. Uh, especially after hearing the story of Vince being like, uh, I heard you don't really wash your ring gear. <laughs> Pal. Uh, <laughs> when uh, Vince that's took like, one, he was like, wash your ass. I'm not doing this. <laughs> dude, and that's the thing. It's like those legendary things like like Vader. Apparently, like the smell of his gloves just were, it was terrible. Jim Ross makes it sound like it was the worst fucking smell in the world, and he actually had to get on to Vader's ass about, you know, having hygiene, because he would just, like, he would just go wrestle, sweat his ass off, put his suit in the fucking, uh, you know, suitcase, and then drive the next place. He would clean himself, but then he put on the same fucking outfit, and then, you know, go out and wrestle without washing it. And <laughs> it's a great story if you could find it with JR. He loves, he, he loved Leon, but he was, like, you know, him getting onto him was, like, a mom getting onto their child. He's like, you got my phone. Like, it, it's a funny story. <laughs> you, I That's mean, a- you also always hear these great stories about how Leon's like kind of a gentle giant in the back. Yeah. Um, like he's very sensitive. Yeah. Like, uh, I think beyond the ring, if we're taking it back to old documentaries, didn't they do that whole thing where it's like Leon's like selling real estate and he's sad that Sean shit on him or whatever. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, that documentary? Yeah. <laughs> so uh rest in peace vader one of the greatest big men in the sport in general and and should be on our 20 list of hall of fames when we get get to that point he's one that slipped my mind but fucking vader was awesome i'm glad you reminded me and vader definitely should be but um i just wanted to mention to everyone i went i don't know how the hell i did this but i realized that and you could check the messages i know i know that you don't believe me but i only had nine i i forgot a number so I went back <laughs> and I thought about someone that I wanted on there. And who the hell did I end up picking? Um, man, I know. I, I thought I, I thought Fabio, I picked... Fabio Vega. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to say it was Mick Foley, but I can't find on the list who the fuck is the weirdo that like wasn't on here before. Um, well, Foley, I don't think Foley made either of our lists, but he's definitely well-deserved on a spot, so that would be a good sub. Yeah, I, I want to say it's Foley is, is, is who I had. Uh, it doesn't look like, um, let's see, John Cena, Sting, Undertaker, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, The Rock, Great Muda, Charlotte, Trish, 
Piper, AJ, Terry Funk, Undertaker, Okada, Dusty Rhodes, Liger, Hogan, Hart, Jericho, and Brody. Maybe maybe I'm going crazy, man. Maybe I'm literally going crazy on air. That's good. Uh, we'll figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. This is this is great. This is good uh, good radio. All right, so next we have Aaliyah, who entered the ring uh, for her match with Zia Lee. Lee, who I, when she fucking did this, I remember this, this is, a, this is a little while back. I just thought that, you know, it. she's she's good. She's very fluid, but she doesn't know how to control her kicks. She looks like she's hit people in the past, and I just thought it was way too stiff. And she accidentally kicked Ali in the fucking face, broke her nose, and that's what Aliyah's been out for. And showed a video of her crying backstage when she's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to like place it back." And finally, they cut away. I think that was actually pretty damn realistic. I just hate it because Aliyah's been there longer than fucking Cassius Ono at this point. And what her comeback, and I was happy to see it. Io Shirai was awesome, you know, because Zaylee was taken out in the back. I'm assuming they're trying to position that Aliyah did it. So she wouldn't have to go against her, uh, you know, because she's still a heel. And then Io comes out and destroys her. And it's like, Io Shirai's come back. And it's like, oh, it was Aaliyah's too. I think I was longer. I don't know. I just feel bad for her sometimes. Uh, She's good in her worker. I don't know how she is on the mic. But regardless, it was was great seeing fucking Io back. And if the crowd was there, they would have exploded, I think, Chris. I agree with you. I think Aaliyah falls into that category of, well, we tried, so now you're just in the picture. Like, unfortunately. I mean, it happens. That's what I was... That's, I mean, that's the thing kind of about Cameron Grimes to some extent is, well, where do you put him? And that female roster is stacked, and now EO's back, so it's like, what the hell do you do <laughs> with her? I mean, she, you know, being gone for that long... I mean, they did the same thing with Kenta, and you know what I mean? Like, he was their NXT champion. Yep. Kevin Owens attacked him. He was gone for a year. He came back to feud with Cassius Ono, who was also gone multiple times from NXT or whatever. So, uh, and then just got demolished by Aleister Black. I want I, Sometimes you just, when you hit that injury bug, they don't know how to reposition you. And I think she kind of falls into that slot, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you are right about that. Um, but hey, like I said, it was great seeing EO back. Um, all right, so they had a weird vignette about Dexter Loomis. I'm pretty sure Dexter Loomis, and we we've seen him one time, and he was really fucking creepy. If you guys can't tell, his name is Dexter from Dexter Morgan from the television show, and then Doctor Loomis from, uh, you know, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, and it was a very short vignette. Very creepy, but I, I I hate for I hate it for him I should say, because when he came out the way he was acting it was almost like a horror version of Gold Dust like he was really creepy with the person but like more of like a serial <laughs> serial killer sort of way like you know and I thought it was I was like I was like all right cool and then we haven't seen him and now the night that they debut the fact that Killer Cross is gonna be involved in this it's like where is there gonna be room for this psychopath maybe they'll just take different paths whatever but I. Uh, I forgot what his name was in TNA, though. Um, but it was funny. I was listening to... I'll look that up. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it's it's something... It'll, uh, something Shaw, maybe? It doesn't matter. But, like, uh, I was listening to Wrestling Inc., uh, their breakdown of the show. And Dex- and um, 
they were talking about Dexter Loomis and Matt Morgan didn't even realize it. And they were like, Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, like that was a good friend of his. He didn't even realize like it was him. He was like, Oh, I thought it was some weird fucking creepy dude. Like what the hell? But, um, <laughs> how did you, how did you like this vignette? And do you think that he's going to have a place on the card when they're already building another psychopath? Do we have room for two I psychos? Mean, he's kind of a, a unique guy because I just remember him from gut check which was this weird thing TNA did for a while. Uh, it's also how you got kind of uh, uh man, why can I not think of Dick Blip's name? Uh, Cornette would be pissed right now. <laughs> Joey Ryan. Uh, Joey Ryan was part of that crew, like 2010 era. So I kind of remember him from TNA. Uh, looking up his Wikipedia real quick. I want to know what he was like when his ring name was Boss Hog. That's, <laughs> that's the real question I have. Um, I agree with you. I, I, you're, it's that thing of having, uh, maybe too many of these dark, mysterious or cult or murdery characters. And he does come off as a murdery type of gold dust, less rapey, more murdery. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's, um, his name was Samuel Shaw and he was actually, strangely uh at all in he was actually one of the guys that backed up uh nick aldis because he's good friends with nick aldis in the business but it was just so funny hearing matt morgan go wait what that's fucking samuel shaw like you know he knew them obviously probably from the thing that you were talking about and he's like i gotta call him because i couldn't even tell it was him but we have seen him in the past i'm sure that they'll find some placement for him but yeah just killer cross is going to be the, the number one psycho i would believe especially where they positioned him Anyways, let's keep yeah, on going. I, I, before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to WWA for Wrestling School, where he was trained under Mr. Curtis Hughes. If you don't know who Curtis Hughes is, uh, he, he was Mr. Hughes, uh, well known in WCW. Yeah, it's fucking great to, or if you're an ECW fan, Mr. Hughes, ECW. Um, also, that same school trained to some extent AJ Styles and uh, Heath Slater and a bunch of other people. So shout out to them. Now that I'm looking at a uh, Mr. Boss Hogs <laughs> Wake a page, Mr. Boss Hogs. I like that. That should be a name of like a nice little like romantic comedy. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we had uh, Keith Lee out, and he was talking about the the uh, NXT North American Championship. Didn't take how he needs to basically apologize because he screwed up with Dominic Dajakovic when he got hit in the back by Damian Priest. And then he uh, did his slam thing to Dajakovic. Dominic comes out, confronts him, says he doesn't give a shit about that. He just wants a piece of the North American Championship. And then Damian Priest came up and, uh, you know, challenged both men. He came in with his little, uh, you know, Swiss Army Bobby Stick, whatever the fuck, the one that extends out from it, you know. And uh, <laughs> isn't that a great way to explain it? Uh, oh, God damn it. But um, he's like a pirate Swiss Army Bobby Stick. <laughs> he's like a pirate or something. Anyways, and then came in the ring. The three of them brawled with Dijakovic coming out on top between the three men. I'm assuming this is going to be the North American Championship match with the three of them. I just want them to position uh, – just keep a separation with, with Keith Lee and Dijakovic. If, if, if Priest is in this for whatever reason and you want to put it on Dijakovic and that's the reason why is, you know, 
because he ends up pinning Priest or something like that. Get it so you can put maybe Keith Lee in the main picture. Just the two of them, I, I really enjoy their matches. I don't have to see it again. Having this added element, though, with uh, Priest is interesting. Um, I like him. I think he's he's pretty good. I think, like I've, like I've said before, though, I think he's kind of somewhat doing a little bit of a Scott Paul impression. Um, he's, he's very fond of himself. Uh, you know, he just wants to get the ladies <laughs> and the money. And, um, yeah, anyways, uh, but, yeah, should be good. How do you feel about it, Chris? Shut I mean, me up. I I, I, you know, if he's doing a Scott Hall impersonation, go full bore with it. Start saying, hey, Chico and shit. Like, it's not copyrighted. <laughs> hey, Do yo. it. Yeah, like, why not? <laughs> it survey says, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so, I kinda... so you want, instead of the, instead of, what did I call it? The Swiss Army Bobby stick? Uh, you <laughs> want him to come up with a taser, is what I'm assuming. <laughs> sure. Well, let's just bring WCW <laughs> all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. Good and bad. Was it a cattle prod? Let's bring those back, dude. It's just fucking cattle prod and Bobby Nightstick on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> What's Russo doing? Scott Hall sure. on a pole match. <laughs> this is uh, where we're at. I see what happens when you coop two wrestling fans up for too long. <laughs> Shit takes a turn for the worst. <laughs> uh, I, I'm on the same page with you. I love Dijakovic and Keith Lee in a, a match together, but we've seen, what, like four of those? Um, I don't know that Damian Priest is the answer. I would make this a four-way and put him with Walter. Uh, have big-ass Hoss masks and have Damian Priest stand out as kind of the, I was going to say more athletic, but Keith Lee's fucking incredible. So uh, <laughs> let's All say the smaller bunch. guy of, the, of that bunch. Um, but have Walter just fucking win it and take it back to the UK just to be a dick. <laughs> and then build that storyline with him and Keith Lee because I think that's like where the money is for your big hoss matches, honestly. And, and that separates. You, you can do Dajakovic and Damian Priest to the side of that. Um, so I, I would go that route. Plus, just more Walter, please. Walter. Just... Hey, he's got to go through Finn Balor first, but I love that idea. I always thought UK title with Walter versus the the NXT North American title with, with Keith Lee. You know, put them both on the line or some shit. I think that'd be awesome. Especially if Volta wins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he wins it and takes it back and you have like <laughs> some good matches what, between the two. What if I he's like a dick? Oh, man. Think about if Walter beat Keith Lee and they gave him the North American title and he was like, nah, and throws it back to Keith Lee. Like he doesn't even want it, and just raises the UK title. That so he just does. He does the Shane Douglas slash Kevin Owens thing, where like Kevin Owens yeah. won the United States title and just fucking stepped on it and held up the NXT title, and then they had the chance to make him like the biggest superstar of all time, and they fucked it up. Oh, I'm sorry to bring that back up, buddy. I know. So so sad. <laughs> all right, so we had a recorded uh, video segment at Adam Cole's pool. Um, he had to say that because you know he's cool and shit like that. Um, I love Adam Cole. Uh, said he would not give the Velveteen Dream a shot at the NXT Championship because he has to go through Bobby Fish. This is going to be obviously a thing where he's going to go through every member, and then eventually we're going to see Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, which was supposed to be at that takeover uh, coming up for WrestleMania weekend, but obviously is not going to be. So uh, good stuff. You know, uh, Adam Cole still Adam Cole. Right, baby? I mean, Chris? <laughs> yes, Adam Cole is still great. I 
kind of hope he worms his way somehow into this Goldberg match as opposed to what they're saying they're going to give us. Um, but yeah, this should be really, really good. And, and obviously huge fan of uh, a huge, huge fan of both Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. And I like, I, you know, Bobby Fish, this is good. It's just, it's another one of those things where Velveteen Dream's kind of beat the shit out of all these guys already. And we're retreading a lot of the past. And this seems something that's happening more and more in NXT since they got the live show. And from that standpoint, it makes me worried a little bit. Yep. I agree with you. <clears throat> All right. So we had Oni Larkin and Danny Burch against, holy shit, twice in one week. The the tag team of Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Uh, I will say Brendan Vink can work, man. You know, I, I like him. We already knew Shane Thorne can. So if they're working out something with the two of them, great. Uh, just like when they were on Raw, they were there to take the pin, which is great to see Oni Larkin and Danny Burch. Basically, I mean, they're such a hard-hitting, badass tag team, but since they look like like two weird guys, two cavemen that are bald for some reason, um, you know, they, they, they don't usually get the wins. They usually have to take the L's, but they're usually the guys they put in there to spice up the match, if you will. So I was happy to see uh, them get a win. How did you like this, Chris? Were you, were you excited for Brandon Vink and uh, Shane Thorne? <laughs> Who the fuck was Shane Thorne's other partner from the Mighty? I don't remember. I feel bad for the guy. What happened to him? Well, we just saw them get murdered on Monday Night Raw. So, like, I just... Ex- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, Can you believe, like, when Triple H was, like, explaining, he's like, all right, Oni, Danny, come over here. You guys are going to win tonight. And they were like, what? Wait, what? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you serious? We're getting a win? <laughs> yeah, I, do the punk thing. Beat their asses. It's going to be great. <laughs> I hope they uh, just this. They'll never do it. But was it what was the edging Christians tag team? El Conquistadors or whatever. Just put Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink in these masks and send them oh out. Oh my there. god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be All right, um, pretty badass match with Caden uh, Carter and Candice LeRae. Caden Carter, man. I don't know where she came from, but she's been doing pretty damn good things. She does lose a lot uh, within, you know, uh, these matches in the women's division, but we talked about that. It's so stacked there. But since she's came in, she's put on some damn good matches, and she had an awesome partner in Candice LeRae for this match. Thought it was a pretty good match, and uh, basically, uh, Caden Carter tapping her, or uh, Candice LeRae, I should say, tapped her out with the Gargano Escape to earn the spot in the ladder match. That woman's ladder match is looking pretty damn stacked. Um, so I'm trying to... I, I know I, I thought I had a list on here. Um, we have... We're going to be having a match, I should say, with Zia Lee, Deanna Perrazzo, Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, Kaya, Kaden Carter, and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, in the future, that will be the last spot within this match, this tag match to become the number one contender for the women's title basically facing either Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair at a future date. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you either put Dakota Kai in there, Chris, uh, to add an element of storyline with her and uh, uh, Tegan, uh, obviously because we really haven't seen anything expanded since her bodyguard, you know, Diesel 
came in and fucked up shit. Either her or Shotzi Blackheart, I would I would think would be the uh, people to win that match. But I'll look up. I, I, I'm pretty sure so far it's it's Cancel Ray, it's Io Shirai, it's um, Chelsea Green, it is um, I'm trying to think of all the winners. Uh, Tegan Knox. I mean, that's a fucking stacked match. And then you throw in probably someone like a Shotzi Blackheart or a Dakota Kai. Like, that's going to be a pretty good ladder match, I would say. Man, do you just, I mean, to me, you just throw Shotzi in there because she's fucking crazy. And we'll yeah. do all of the crazy spots. She'll be your Kevin Owens of the match or Sami Zayn of the match. <laughs> As we saw in that Evolve show that they showed on NXT. Um, I, I thought this was a, a, yeah, well, not NXT, but on the network. Um, I thought this was a really, really good match. I like Caden Carter. I think there's something to build on there. I don't know what it is, but there's something I like about the way she wrestles in the ring, I guess. Uh, Candice LeRae, I've never been a huge fan of, but she's still good in this match. And obviously, I with the amount of talent they have in that ladder match, there's huge potential. I think that's going to be a really, really fun match. And uh, if it's me, I know that they're huge on Dakota Kai, but uh, Shotzi Blackheart the tank girl gimmick that she's kind of doing uh, I like and uh, also she's fucking crazy so if you're going to have a ladder match that would be the person I would shove in there I agree alright so then we had a match between Mr. Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong um, you know I I, uh, I really like Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong when they when they wrestle against each other because they beat the living fuck out of each other I think that both of them really just don't give a shit. Although I will say, and I'm not trying to be, you know, a size guy or whatever. It is kind of weird though, that with Matt Riddle selling as much as he did, because he always like usually has like these little spurts of like aggression and Roddy is a smaller guy, but Roderick does bring it back with great submission stuff and chain wrestling and and whatnot. So it was a good match back and forth. Uh, And Matt Riddle ended up beating Roderick strong afterwards, two large men, and matching gear attacked Riddle after the match. Malcolm Bivens entered the venue. I believe that's that's um oh man, I forgot what his, his old name was. Oh, I'll remember it. He introduced himself, noting he and Riddle already knew each other, and introduced Riddle to the future of the NXT tag team division. The large men posed, and they and Bivens stood over Riddle as the show cut to commercial break. Um he is uh Something Hathaway, I, I believe, but I believe he's a wrestler. But kind of like, uh, I yeah. think is it Robbie, Robbie E? They're using him as managers. Yeah, so it's Stokey Hathaway. Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the probably the thing that I know him most for is, is he Ring of Honor? Damn it, no, Evolve. I think he was maybe TJ Peace manager or something. I, I remember there's a feud with him and Alistair Black or whatever Alistair's previous name was um, yeah, a couple years ago. I, I, I obviously don't have this pulled up right in front of me, but it, that comes to mind. So I don't know what they're going to do with him because I don't ever remember seeing him wrestle. Maybe I'm crazy on that, but I don't remember seeing him wrestle. I, I think I remember him as a manager uh, well, in Evolve. He's got a pretty good group of two fucking huge guys. I remember someone mentioning that one of them, I believe, is an ex. Um, he, he used to play uh, major league football or major league uh, baseball. One of those ginormous dudes, the one that's like less ginormous. Um, but 
So is this the second coming of uh, of Authors of Pain? <laughs> like, should they have just, like, paired him with a uh, fucking... Uh, wow, why can't I remember LOD's manager's name? Oh, man. Now I'm, like, we're both doing it now. Cassiano is married to his 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 daughter. Fucking, I can't remember her name uh, either. Paul L. Paul Ellering. Thank you, Rachel Ellering. Okay, cool. We did it. <laughs> we we nailed it. Um. So yeah, do you think this is too sim- like AOP with long hair, basically? <laughs> I hate to say it, but it kind of is. I mean, I don't know that putting them against the what what is what is the 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 bro tag team's name? What is it called? Bro. I don't know. Putting them against the broser weights is a good guy. To get a good time to get these guys over. Or a good way to start it. Because like, if they beat Matt Riddle, that's not like if they beat the broser weights, that's not going to help them. Fans are just going to turn on that shit immediately. Like, so good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one in XD. That that seems like something Vince picked out of his mind as far as bad ideas. Like the fucking broser weights are the most over thing right now on that entire show. So to introduce these guys as potential people the broser weights have to go against with no build up or no matches and just a random manager, good luck. <laughs> good luck having your your fucking Viking experience uh, try to get over against Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. Like Oh my god, the AOP with meet, that fucking meets the Viking experience, dude. <laughs> I mean, but like honestly, man, like, what do they? Ex- how do they expect that's gonna work? I don't know. That's they like you brought in some it. random fucking person no one's ever heard of, and you're like, okay, you're gonna go beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the fucking <sighs> this. Some of this live TV stuff with NXT. There's some hands in this that used to not be there, and in, in my opinion, at least, is the way things are being booked. Yep, I agree. It's interesting. Um, all right, so Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish, that's going to be next week. That uh, women's match for the second chance to get into the uh, the ladder match, that's going to be next week. And we're also going to get the North American Championship match between Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Damian Priest next week. I must have missed that because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't remember them even saying that. Um so yeah, it's it seems like stuff that they're planning on having on takeover. They're putting on their shows because I I thought that that three way was going to be a part of that as well. Um, but those are pretty pretty good matches announced for next week, Chris. I would say. Yeah, it should be a should be a pretty strong show, man. I'm still just like baffled by the fact they're going to bring these poor guys in and try to put them against Broserweights with like no build up at all. Ugh. Let them do their thing. I'm sure they'll be Jinder Mahal's future uh, bodyguards. That's what we're going to see. <laughs> Man, t- twice in one week we've brought up Jinder Mahal. This is like a fucking <laughs> rarity right here. The modern day Maharaja. I remember going to... <laughs> God damn it. I remember to go and see uh, uh, Raw or SmackDown, something recently in the last couple of years, and I was cheering so hard for Jinder Mahal and all the audience were getting mad at me because I was just going crazy and saying his name over and over again. <laughs> I, I remember uh, when we used to do Poland, we had someone call it and just, just kept yelling that for like 10 seconds. There's a reason why we don't do call-ins anymore. Yeah, several reasons. Uh, oh God. 
All right. Um, so the last thing that happened was Triple H comes out. Uh, he introduced a segment that he was going to have, basically, and before he could really get that much down, uh, Tommaso Ciampa came out, interrupted him, um, and then he told Gargano to come to the ring. He basically told Ciampa not to touch Gargano. Gargano looked like such a bitch in all this, by the way. I just have to say that. Um, but I think I understand based on what they're doing. Triple H said he stopped William Regal from uh, firing both of them after their fight at the PC. Johnny was like, what the fuck? He's like, why am I getting like charged for this, though? Because that maniac is the one who attacked me. He's the one who destroyed the friggin' mirror. He's the one who did this. And then Triple H is like, yeah, but, you know, oh, you just didn't mean to, you know, hit the, the referee in the face, super kick him. So they're building this whole entire thing. Both the guys are in the ring. Um, uh, he said the rivalry should end on the biggest stage that there is, but Gargano argued all they needed was a ring and a referee. So Triple H said he was going to find an empty building, put a ring in it, and get a referee. He said that he was basically going to give them both, like, a, it, this sounded like a gone, gone in 60 seconds, like, action fucking film. Like, you know, he's going to give text them <laughs> the location. They were going to go there and have an unsanctioned match. So basically it wasn't really on NXT. Triple H doing his normal shit. Um, and by the end of the match, both Gargano and Ciampa, one of the, it made it sound like it was a loser leaves town sort of thing, you know. The way they were positioning it, I don't know how they're going to do that. I have an idea, but you know, we'll 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 get to that. Uh, Gagano said that he's ready for the match uh, in two weeks, so they're going to be doing it not next week, but the week after that. I'm assuming on NXT, some unsanctioned match in some random fucking place. Cool, whatever. Um, and this will be it. This is going to be it. There's no more after this. This was supposed to make up for the match last year that they were trying to set up that they couldn't. And then the feud is done. Uh, Triple H made it a point to say that this is very similar to what him and Sean went through. And if you look at it, then he is behind Tommaso Ciampa. He looked like Tommaso Ciampa's dad. I feel like I, I wish it was, you know, if they do something next week related to the guys interacting, I kind of want Sean on, on behalf of Johnny because Johnny's coming off like, Shawn Michaels, where I still loved him, but it was like that time between when he got the title between 96 and 97 before he went DX, where he was just a cocky motherfucker and he had that type of attitude about him. And it seems like Johnny should be with Shawn in in a way since Triple H was kind of, I I don't know, that's how it is, you know, even though they both interact with each other uh, separately. Obviously, Ciampa's been taught by Shawn and I'm sure Triple H just brought Johnny under his wing too. It just seems like They've always been grouped together, so it would have been nice seeing, you know, HBK come and do an appearance. Um, but I don't even know if he's allowed to go to the thing or whatnot and that whole fucking bullshit. But the ending had a segment all of a sudden come up with Killer Cross with his signature TikTok and a bunch of weird images that look like they're in the background. That one scene of Willy Wonka where they're on the ship and he starts acting like a fucking weirdo. Um, really creepy shit. Really liked it. And then that was it. So I'm assuming to get around having if, – if, if one of them's not going to, you know, Raw or SmackDown or some way they can position that because Ciampa's already said that he wants to stay with NXT, Gargano I think would be a small fish in a big fucking pond if you were to go there. Maybe I maybe I, I could be wrong. You know, people like Daniel Bryan, you know, if he's in SmackDown, maybe we'd want to go in a feud with him automatically. But you can get around it if you involve Killer Cross. Because he can come up and 
do something where one of the guys gets fucked over and that's the reason. So that's a loophole around it. I don't know. Chris, how'd you feel about this segment and then the setup for the future match and the reveal of killer cross, man. I like you drew all of that Shawn Michaels and triple H stuff out for me. Like, because what I got out of this is triple H is booking an empty arena match in an empty arena. And I never got past that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so wait, you're in an empty arena booking an empty arena match. Why the fuck is the match not just happening right now? (laughs) I I think I think it's Triple H trying to be, you know, Triple H about it, where it's like unsanctioned. So I don't have to worry about it. You guys can kill each other. You know, it's not it's not on me. (laughs) But on 60 seconds, man. I mean, yes, but it's such a convoluted fucking like. There's no one there to begin with. <laughs> it's like, like, there's no athletic committee in wrestling. Otherwise, <laughs> Braun would have been suspended for trying to kill Roman after he flipped over that fucking ambulance. Like, <laughs> and don't get me started on Baron Corbin, who killed Elias on Friday. <laughs> I hope Elias comes back as the vagabond again, <laughs> the luchador version of Elias. That'd be great. Um, no, all kidding aside, outside of the ridiculousness of in this time of empty arena wrestling, someone booking an empty arena match, uh, I, it's going to be a good match. I think they kind of gave us a tease of what will happen with killer cross. Uh, the TikTok thing is weird in the mindset of WWE because I just immediately think of boogeyman. And I, as soon as Vince sees this guy's going to be like, uh, how about you eat some worms, pal? Can you puke? Oh no! Don't say that. You're right. I forgot that connection. That's his, but that is his saying, because he's the uh, the toll man, the one that brings people. He's basically. I don't know if he's supposed to be the Grim Reaper or doesn't really matter. But yeah, that is Boogeyman's thing. That's not good. So, I, I hope that doesn't happen. So what, so what you're saying that you're, you're, the time is up. The time is now. <laughs> Can't see me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually. Actually, that's exactly what I'm saying. But I am looking forward to Cross being a part of this. Really like him as a wrestler. Like I said, he's creepy as shit. He's got that, I mean, I've compared it a billion times, Chris. He's got that Psycho Sid quality to his his facial expressions. Or even, I know he's a big fan of him, like an evil ultimate warrior in in actually a good sense. Like that intensity and that that just ferocious, I don't know. It'll be fun to see him in the ring. And that's the one thing that's different is that he's actually for his size, you know, pretty agile. Which NXT is consistently stacked up on of these big guys who are very, very fucking agile at this point. I mean, like we might as well just have a boss hog battle or something or like what what did Dusty used to call it? Bunkass brawl with like Walter, Keith Lee, Killer (laughs) Cross. We just get all these guys in the fucking ring flying around. That's what we all actually want to see. As, as Biggie would say, big meat slapping meat. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, Killer Cross is great. I, I love your comparison to Psycho Sid. And, and, and I've talked about this in the past. When Sid was on, I think Sid was actually really a great wrestler. He just gets shit on because everyone sees the, the broken leg, which having a road agent tell Psycho Sid go to the top rope is kind of just on that road agent to begin with. Um, but some of the great, like the empty arena Sid promo, his work in WWE and, and kind of outside of there and some of the stuff he did in WCW kind of in his baby face run, I thought was really good underrated. And uh, Killer Cross is a better wrestler. So 
if he can channel a little bit of the craziness of Psycho Sid and give us that intense character. I love that comparison. Um, but also, I like Psycho Sid a lot, and I know you're kind of he's also opposite of me with that. <laughs> I've gone back and watched some of his stuff, especially like you're saying um, when he when he worked with Sean and and those guys back then. Um, I'll give him props, but he also gives me like a Perry Saturn kind of vibe almost. Oh man! You, now you're bringing up fucking moppy TikTok oh, clocks, and worms, and the same it. thing, dude. He's Vince is gonna to lose clock. his shit. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have no, a clock with a fucking face on it. Here's clocky. Oh no! <laughs> eating eating worms and shit. Hopefully Vince doesn't hear this. He's like, I like all these ideas. That's good <laughs> shit, right? Such good shit. <laughs> God damn. Uh, all right, so before we get out of here, let's go over SmackDown. Um, pretty well, good show. Remember, we we have as long as we want, and we also were talking about that tag team thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Almost makes me want to skip this all together. Um, so the show opened for SmackDown with Bailey and Sasha Banks arguing with Lacey Evans, Naomi, about the SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Tamina Snooker came up. She attacked Evans and Naomi and then was about to do it to Bailey and Banks, but they uh, pulled a powder and got the hell out of there, and Tamina scared all of them. It's great that Tamina can get phone calls every once in a while. Hey, are you employed still? Uh, I don't know. Can you tell me that? You need to get here next week. You're going to have a match, because that's exactly what the fuck happens. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if this is going to be elimination. I, they really, maybe they did stay. Maybe I just don't care, and that's why I don't know the information, guys. I don't know. That could be it. But I am happy that Naomi, <laughs> Lacey Evans, Bailey, like there, there's there's good wrestlers in there. Um, it's just, is this all just going to be so? And they kind of like hinted at it uh, last night, Chris, with both uh, Bailey and, and Sasha being like, oh, it's so messed up. We would never go against each other in the match. We're going to work together if we have to. It just makes me think that Sasha's going to get the win over Bailey, and they're going to start that feud, and they haven't had a good track yeah. record. Um, so are you excited about this five-way match? You already told me that, so you don't even have to. <laughs> nope, I buried this earlier. I, You know, what I would do is have Naomi take both of them out and then have them feud against her because everything else in this match is irrelevant, honestly, and no one wants to see Becky versus Sasha feud three years too late. I agree. We already had a great version of that in NXT. We don't have to repeat history. I didn't even mean to rhyme, but I got the time. Just let me unwind. Anyways, I just want to wind so it's down. Tricky. It's tricky. <laughs> uh, Drew Gulak won against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, whoever won this match, well, basically, if Drew won it, then Daniel Bryan had a match against Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And Shinsuke was trying to block that. Pretty good short match. I like uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. They're doing like the. Uh, it reminds me of Royce Gracie, where they're they're, they're smacking shoulders and going ho ho, like they're actually like training for BJJ or some shit. Uh, I them them as a duo is fun. I, I will admit, I I feel like it's eventually going to be Drew Gulak who screws over Daniel Bryan because he's such a good heel. But at, while we have this going on. Good stuff. And now, because of that, we're going to have Daniel Bryan going against Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. So, how'd you feel about... I mean, it was kind of obvious that Drew Gulak was going to uh, win to set up that match. Correct? 
yeah, I mean, I thought it was still really good, and I like the interaction between Daniel Bryan and uh, Drew Gulak. And if it's me, I would go the opposite route. Don't have anyone turn on each other. Just have them maybe lose the titles and then decide, like, hey, we need to, or, or just hold the titles forever, and then maybe them decide, like, who's the better wrestler and do a best of seven or something. Uh, I'm down. It, it fits more of their character than one of them turning on the other. I know they try to get Gulak over as a heel, but to me, he's almost... God, we've talked about Crispin Wall a lot uh, this week, but to some extent, he doesn't have the personality as much as his in-ring skill. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what they would do with Benoit, where he's like this tweener who doesn't really give a shit. He's not really a heel or a babyface to some to some extent until later in his career. Um, and Gulak kind of fills that. I know they try to do the PowerPoint shit, and they gave him some goofy stuff, but just have him be a straight shoot wrestler and maybe yeah, like he's kind of is this is this too big of me to compare him to uh, Dean Malenko? Well, I, I I don't think he's as good as Dean Malenko, <laughs> like in ring psychology and shit. But uh, no, I think that is a good that's a good observation. Um, more of what I'm getting at is there's no reason why they can't hold the titles for a while and then just decide like they want to see who's better and just give the titles up. Like to me, that's the way you book that because just doing another feud with them is not going to be good right off the rip. I I would like them to have like a really good tag run, like maybe like three or four months and then, you know, lose the tag. If they want to drop the tag belts, do it in some sort of multi-man match and have them not take the pin and then decide they want to see who's better. That's how I would book it. How WWE will book it, they'll probably like fucking, I don't know, at at Mania, Daniel Bryan will get a nut shot or something and Sami Zayn will win and fucking Gulak will become part of Sami Zayn's career or whatever. <laughs> I like what, what you're WWE saying. I see that's the thing is that they're typical, but I like what you're saying about them doing that because I would love them. You know, he beats Sami Zayn, he gets the IC belt. Daniel Bryan brings prestige to that belt. I've said that a million times. He's like, Certain people that just have had great IC runs. I'll even put the Miz on that. And then go back to the Miz and John Morrison and have them take the tag belts. And I would love to see fucking Daniel with two different sets of belts. Um, And then let them do that. You know, fucking Daniel loses it, the IC belt at some point, but they're still tag champions. And then, like you said, maybe just make it between the two of them. And they're like, "Let's, let's see who the better man is after they've been training for about a year. Now, you're probably right, or and it's going to be typical. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like your idea of him having two belts, but they lose the tag team belts without any of them taking the pin. And then Gulak's like, well, I want the IC belt. And then that's how you get back to that match if you want to go that route. That's another way to do it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, Ooh. all of these ideas are better than what's probably going to play out. Let me say all the time. We say that like every fucking week. Um, not with AEW and NXT. Note that. Or, or New Japan. Uh, anyways, so basically Dolph Ziggler was talking to, I think, Bobby Roode on the phone. Either that or we're supposed to maybe believe that it's um, not, not Sony Deville uh, before she's at there, I guess, FaceTiming. Doesn't really matter. He's talking shit about Otis. Otis hears this, gets very flustered, comes the fuck over, and uh, Dolph's like, uh, oh, you're over 18, aren't you? Aren't you? You want to see some over 18 pictures? Like just being a fucking dick. And uh, this kind of just ends up, um, 
you know, with them two in a match, Mandy Rose came up and was kind of giving him shit for being a dick to Otis. And he kind of sweet talked her and just Mandy made sure to clarify that, that they're not fighting over him or fighting over her as a prize. So now obviously that means they're fighting over her as a prize. Um, because she put that in words. So that's fucking WWE for you. Uh, so it should be a good match. Like I said, I kind of see Mandy coming out. We think that she's going to help Otis and then she just low blows him and then goes, you know, and starts her and Dolph Ziggler as a unit. That's what, that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. What do you All think? Right, this is going to be, this is going to be really, I, I think you're spot on with what they're actually going to do. And this is going to be some deep fantasy booking right here. So just everyone, Buck, buckle up. Buckle up, buttercups. Um, this is what I would do. You have Sony Deville, right? You have Manny Rose completely turn heel on Otis. And then Sony Deville, also being slighted by this act, turns heel on Dolph Ziggler. And then you set up an intergender tag match and continue the storyline from there. That's what I would do. I like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to eat a cookie in between that, and um, I didn't have enough time. So if I sound like I'm eating a cookie, guys, I'm sorry. Um, Chris, tell them about your middle name real quick so I can swallow. (laughs) My middle name is Ray. Uh, I was named after my mother's brother, whose name was also Ray, uh, who passed away before I was born. But that that is the uh, origin of my middle name. Great, great. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So Elias was singing a song. We kind of already talked about this. He was on that top level in the Performance Center that um, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were fighting off of until they dropped off it and went through the uh, the announce table. And Elias was singing a song about Corbin, how he's a turd, really, in the same exact fucking song that he's always done. Whatever. Anyways, he was attacked by Corbin afterwards, and, you know, uh, there was a part where he hit him, and Elias looked like he was about to go over the edge by himself, and then he grabbed it, and Corbin literally came up and punched his hands until he fell, and then you see, obviously, Elias fall in the air, and then you don't see him hit the ground, and uh, the EMTs and all the people there, like, you know, immediately rush it, and Corbin is looking down at his work and uh, try to kill someone, so... Chris, once again, Corbin tried to kill someone. What a dick. Yeah, yeah. What an asshole, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't hate Corbin. I think he's been overpushed. I'll say that right off the rip. Um, he never has came off to me as the kind of guy that would kill a guy as a heel. He's more of like a swarmy asshole than a murderous psycho Sid type. Um. But whatever, I guess they're going that route with him. I, I don't think it matters because I don't think fans actually care, even though he is like literally the only big time heel on SmackDown at this point. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, we had a replay. Oh, no, no. Before that. Um, so the good news and bad news. Good news is that we had a match with Alexa Bliss and Asuka and we got to have Nikki cross. This is just worth the match just to, just to have this whole scenario again. We have Nikki Cross joining Michael Cole on commentary forcibly. She just comes over, grabs it, and he's like, uh, what are you doing? Has anyone approved this? 
And the whole entire time, he's, like, freaked out from her because she keeps on, like, grabbing him and shaking his arm as Alexa's having a match and, like, screaming and smack punching her hand, uh, you know, because of the match going on. And it was just – it was it was pretty funny shit just seeing interaction between the two of them because he looked like – he was like, will you stop <laughs> – will you stop touching me? Like, I, I couldn't tell if it was real stuff. Like, do you not know that we're supposed to be, like, you know, social distancing? But Nikki didn't care uh, being her character. And Alexa Bliss ended up getting a win on Asuka. Bad news. But that is to set up the match with them for the tag titles. Um, and it was a pretty good match between the two ladies. Alexa Bliss got the DDT on Asuka. Um, yeah. And the only thing I really care for... Well, it's I, I, hate putting, I hate putting that little asterisk next to Alexa, but I care more about interactions with Nikki and the two other ladies because I've seen her perform with the two of them, and they can you know, really punch it. But Alexa's good, but she's limited. She's more of a character, I would say. I think that's that's a nice way of saying it, Chris, right? Yes. Uh, so right off the rip here, we went over this entire Mania card, which came out yesterday after SmackDown, and this match as a tag team women's title match was not on the card. I'm looking back at it, and I just don't see it. Oh, like, it's going to be on the card, but I think that's what I'm getting at is it's kind of just an afterthought, even to people that are writing out these cards, unfortunately. Um, Now, what I will say is I thought Michael Cole was pretty good here. And in my mind, I just pictured what it would be like if Gorilla Monsoon was in this position. (laughs) And then I was really sad. (laughs) <laughs> and if George Animal Steel was was doing commentary with them, yes, yes, that plus social distancing, <laughs> which <laughs> would have been uh, fucking great. Uh, no, I mean you know throwback, but um, yeah, I thought this was a fine match, and I think the tag match itself will be pretty good. I mean, there's good workers in there. Alexa's not bad at, by any means, and Nikki has shown that. I mean, when she was with Killian Dane and uh, God, I can't even remember the other guy's name now. Uh, uh, Eric Young and whoever the other guy was. The guy that's on um, <laughs> Imperium. Um, oh man, I can't remember either. Yeah, because he's just part of Imperium. Alexander Wolf. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, when they were a little unit, like she was doing cross body blocks against guys and shit. I was like, oh damn. Um, but they haven't really given her a chance to shine, honestly, and she's been kind of just stuck as Alexa's friend or whatever. To me, I it thought makes her sense and Oscar always perform really well together, so they should be able to have their chemistry like they normally do. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, like I said, Alexa Bliss isn't bad as long as she's not. And the thing is, is she's going to have good opponents to work against, and so they're like just demolish her, like most people do with Alexa Bliss for whatever reason. I guess it's because Alexa's small. People just try to murder her in the ring. <laughs> Or maybe there's some heat that I don't know about, but like, like Charlotte, Sasha, like Sasha's not I, uh, big by any means, but they fucking they just toss poor Alexa all over the place. And that's probably why she has so many damn concussions, honestly. Um, yeah. But going in there with Carrie and Oscar, they're gonna take care of her. They'll probably have a good match. And uh, my hope is that Oscar and Carrie have miscommunication and starts a feud between them. And you just move the titles over to the best friends, so to speak, the uh, Alexa and uh, Alexa and uh, fuck Jesus, Nikki. Nikki. Uh, and maybe they call themselves the BFFs and they do a hug in the middle of the ring and, and Vince can get a shot back at AEW. 
Because <laughs> I would do that. Because you know what? You're going to make fun of me? Fuck you guys. <laughs> make fun of your shit, dude. You best don't know friends? I'm paying. <laughs> These are the best friends forever, motherfucker. <laughs> He's gonna be be- gonna Have be you seen chance. our weekly show? <laughs> it's awesome. You could buy little, right. little necklaces. One says Nikki, <laughs> the other one says Alexa. <laughs> BFF. Oh, God. All right. Um, so, yeah, then they showed Roman Reigns and Triple H uh, from WrestleMania 32. Another match I haven't seen. So, you know, that's funny. I thought I watched a whole fucking. I, I, I thought I've watched every pay per view or every WrestleMania, but I guess I just missed this match. But it was actually a pretty good match. Very methodical. Slow pace, but um, Triple H was the champion going in. Roman Reigns beat him. And, uh, you know, kind of proving our point that Roman has been putting on good performances since, you know, kind of when he fucking started, honestly, in WWE. But, you know, people like the shit on him. But, um, yeah. Did you like that choice for a match, Chris? (laughs) I feel kind of bad because I feel like they edited a lot of the show together before it actually yeah. went on TV and then Roman immediately dipped out. So this match was irrelevant. Yep. It's going to happen with the tag match at the end as well. So that's yeah. how it is. But, but uh, Bray Wyatt. Oh, I'm sorry. Good, no, I was just going to say that was a good match. And from what I recall, what mania was that? 33? 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. And for what I remember, an okay mania, right? Like it, it wasn't great by any means. Triple H is very methodical and Roman uh, has gotten a lot better over the years, honestly. Um, so, but a good storyline build up to that match. And uh, the problem was they also did the same thing with Seth and, and John Cena beforehand. That authority shit, they just drove that to the ground. So, a little bit of bitter memories, but it wasn't a bad match at all. It just sucks that Roman was also like, huh, no, my doctor says probably not a good idea for me to be around all these fucking people. Yeah, exactly. Uh Bray Wyatt um, showed us the recipe for defeating John Cena, which included killing Ramblin' Rabbit in a blender and adding it. I forgot what he added together. It was actually very, very clever. He's good at this type of shit. But yeah, Ramblin' Rabbit was... Just... No, no, it was... it was. Um, I don't know, like murder and something else. And like he had spices, but they were random bullshit. And then he just grabs Ramblin' Rabbit and throws him in there and blends him. Uh, Wyatt challenged Cena to a Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. This could either be a fucking travesty, or if they let Bray be Bray, an awesome horror movie segment slash match that actually could be a lot of fun. But, ugh, I get worried with WWE. Um, who knows, though? <laughs> John Cena, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, if you will, in a Firefly Funhouse match, Chris. Do you think this is going to be like Randy Orton and him at the uh, Wyatt compound? Well, I hope the fact that they channeled Tom Savini to help make the mask and some of the character and you're going to do a horror thing that you would just call Tom Savini and be like, here's all the fucking money. Let's go do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I said that when you said when we were talking about they're taping it like, OK, <laughs> Tom Savini and Bray have a connection like get there if you really want to do it. Like, I kind of want to see Brea's sister Abigail in a weird fucking way because they teased that before, and I think that would be a weird twist, right? I think there's a lot of cool things they could do with it. What we don't need is cockroaches on the ring and uh, random Ugh. abandoned houses. And uh, If it's just a fight on the funhouse set and then a bunch of weird things happen and uh, done good, 
is the best way I could put it. Um, great. But if it's that Randy Orton, we're going to fight in this empty house and then eventually we'll end up in the ring kind of thing. I don't know. And like I said, you already had Tom Savini do the fucking mask. Like, if you're going to do a horror thing, just he's he's right there. He's right there for you guys. I'm sure you guys could pay him to do this. They're probably playing Rob Gronkowski way more <laughs> than what it would cost to get Tom Savini to make a very memorable WrestleMania moment in a time of need. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Just go real full horror into it. Make it a lot of fun and add the elements of the Firefly Funhouse and add a lot of darkness to it. You know, maybe the fiend side of the the, the Funhouse, if you will. Uh, I guess that would be in the um, the Haunted House part portion, if you will. But uh, they can make it really cool. John Cena knows how to act. We, that's one thing that Bray can do is act creepy and dialogue and stuff like that. They're able to do multiple shots. They can kind of film it. This is this whole WrestleMania is going to be fucking wacky as shit. So just embracing that, like you said, getting Tom Savini, getting someone that is is incredible with horror, help out. I think it would be awesome. I'm just worried because even hearing a um, great interview, by the way, if you guys haven't got a chance to listen to with uh, Chris Jericho, uh, he talked to the former Luke Harper, Brody Lee. Luke Harper even said, that originally they were pushing for the three of them in that match, which is a lot of what fans wanted, but that didn't happen. Randy Orton, they all wanted the three of them to be involved in that match for the title. He got kiboshed from that, but he even said that had nothing to do with Bray and Randy. That was, I think, Vince's idea, basically, with the fucking cockroaches and all that shit. Weird! That That is what happened um, within that, that whole thing. So, ugh. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot see Bray in... Randy sitting down and be like, okay, this is what we want to do in this match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have way more respect. I mean, I'm not the biggest Bray Wyatt fan, but his dad's a fucking legend and the guy grew up in the wrestling business. I'm sure he didn't sit down at the table. He's like, and then we'll do some LED cockroaches. Like, he would not fucking do that. <laughs> I have way, way more respect for both Bray and Randy to think that they fucking came up with that idea. Ugh, Same so thing terrible. with the stupid red light gimmick yep. <laughs> in the mallets. Like Bray Wyatt is haunted by other people telling him what to do. Unfortunately. <laughs> yep, I agree. All right, so we were talking about irrelevant matches. We had the Usos versus New Day, which no one ended up winning, but the Miz and John Morrison, um, they were ta- they were on commentary. Some shit happened in interaction. Miz and John Morrison got involved in the match. It was thrown out. Michael Cole got word from the back uh, saying that the Miz and Morrison were going to have to face both teams in a three-way ladder match next week. Now, either they already recorded that match or something else happened because, like I said, it's looking like it could be a person from each team in a ladder match or some type of match for the tag titles. I don't know. It's so fucking weird. We'll find out next week, or we'll find out at Mania, I guess. But like I said, Miz is sick. Uh, it looked like, you know, at least on that website, that maybe even the New Day's not even involved, which neither one of them, like I said, have been announced for anything. But I don't know what they're going to do. And my cat is right on my table right now, just knocking over shit like a jerk. What a jerk. I, How do you feel I, about this? I really, hope, I really hope for Kofi and, and Morrison and one of the Usos, Jay or Jimmy, whichever one, because they're both great. So like Jay's just 
I mean, I think Jay's a little more athletic and probably be more fun in the latter match, but just give us a three-way match, and then whoever wins gets a title shot. If Morrison wins, no one gets a title shot. Do that. Um, but obviously, we don't know. It could, Like you said, it could already be filmed. Who the fuck knows? It's just weird. It's very weird, man. Very strange. All right, guys. Well, we're, we got the super extra-long edition because I forgot um, that we do this over Skype, so we can go into another topic the last thing that we're going to be talking about uh last week we made our observing wrestler hall of fame and we went over and got singles wrestlers uh you know from a choice of 20 wrestlers we broke it down to five then added five to a to uh future lists when we add in uh more people and we had two people added to the hall of shame if you guys are curious uh i'll break down that the well, I kind of already told the uh, the wrestlers from beforehand. I'll tell you the ones that made our Hall of Fame. So in our Hall of Fame right now are Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bull Nakano, and HBK Shawn Michaels. And our Hall of Shame is Disco Inferno and Lodi. <laughs> I like I just pulled Lodi out of the fucking chair because I didn't know we were gonna do a Hall of Shame. I should have known you were gonna shit on Disco, but. I had no idea I had, we were to do a hall I had shame. to. <laughs> yeah, you and Disco got heat in real life, or at least on the yeah. internet. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Like I, I like said, that unless, I, I, unless one I, of his interns like, are that pathetic with his life that they get mad at people talking shit about Disco on the uh, the Keep It at One Hundred thing, but you know, apparently yeah, Disco I mean, is well, a really great great wrestling mind, Chris. It it shows who's more over in our tag team. My feud is with Goldberg. Your feud is with Disco Inferno. <laughs> God. And I kind of like, never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, so anyways, what we're going to try to do this week, we, we brought down to five and five, but we realized we don't have any tag teams. So we're going to add five tag teams from the 10 that we have and do exactly what we did last week. I'm going to give you Chris's five and then my five. And you can tell, who was raised in the South and who was raised in the North just by the answers, including the names of the tag team, since two of them have completely different names uh, when they're in the uh, WCW and NWA. But we have Chris's with the Midnight Express, Fabulous Freebirds, the Steiner Brothers, Rock and Roll Express, and the Dudleys. And I have the Rockers, Demolition. I put LOD instead of the Road Warriors, uh, the Hardy Boys, and I put the Brain Busters, which essentially is two of the guys obviously from the four horsemen Arn anderson and tully blanchard but you know that's that's where we're raised and uh i have gone back and i love the tag teams that he listed i'm sure he's a big fan of some of the ones that i listed but this should be uh, a lot of fun chris um are you excited about this do you like our list I absolutely love our list, and right off the bat, I'm going to suggest that the fucking Brain Busters should be in there, because I didn't think of Tully and Arn, and I think they may be one of the greatest tag teams of all time, both promos and uh, in-ring ability. Because if you look at, like, Midnight Express, for instance, who I think is great, I don't know that they're the same level of great outside of the ring without Cornette. Um, so I'm just going <laughs> to... I mean, as much shit as we give Cornette, as much shit as he gives... <laughs> as much shit as he gives everybody uh he's a big part of the midnight express and uh that why like i said midnight express fucking great right um the heavenly bodies fucking great like jim Cornette and tag teams they just fucking go together there's lots of jim Cornette shit we could put on 
a tag team list. Uh, but Tully and Arn, like Arn and Tully cutting promos, man, even to this day, Tully is still a fucking great promo, as we saw at AEW. I feel like they deserve to be on this list just because out of all of this group, unless you're looking at like the Rockers and I guess the Fabulous Freebirds, which is a weird promo thing because, you know, Freebird rules. Um, <laughs> they're definitely the best promos. And uh, one of, you know, two, what Arn's a two-time Hall of Famer at this point. So a WWE Hall of Famer. So I would suggest right off the bat, the Brain Busters or the two part of the Four Horsemen, Arn and Tully, to me, deserve to be in right off the rip. All right, so let me get this straight. You want to make your case, and I actually agree with you, uh, that the Brainbusters should be on the five that we have automatically. And it's funny because the only person that we did that last time is one other member of the Four Horsemen with Ric Flair. He kind of got our unanimous right off the bat. So <laughs> only if you think you're ever getting on this fucking list anytime soon, we're going to have to go through a lot of goddamn people before we get to you. Sorry, buddy. We'll probably put um, yeah. Barry Windham on there top before ten, you. Top 10 bookers. Can we do top 10 best botches? Because Oli is technically involved in shock. God. Poor Tugboat. Oh, God. I know. Ric Flair. He fell on his ass. That's the best. Fucking best. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I don't think you're real wrestling fans. So, oh my god, <laughs> fucking uh, Sid just trying to look intimidating after this guy tripped over. <laughs> and Ric Flair in the background just going, "Oh god," <laughs> and then knowing it's tugboat afterwards makes it even funnier because like rick dusty tugboat like what did cody call him cody called him uncle uh god i can't think of tugboat's real name the shark's real name a former professional sumo wrestler by the way i just can't think of his fucking name right now he he was and maybe he'll be a future tag team we talk about because the natural disasters in the 90s was one of my favorites with him and earthquake him and john tenta together were fucking awesome Cody Cody talking about it as a child. He called him Uncle Fred. He's like, was that Uncle Fred? <laughs> oh, God. That shit's so funny, though. Oh, I, yes. I'm sure Dusty was like, God damn it, baby. No. God. What the fuck? Holy Dusty talking, talking, bitch. Dusty talking about it is the best because he's like, I, I said, get something like a Star Wars helmet, not a Star Wars helmet. <laughs> <laughs> they spray painted it. Oh my god! Uh, I love it. God, uh, if uh, just wrestling. Uh, my lord, I'm just gonna go uh, ahead and put that entire thing into the Hall of Fame right now. <laughs> no votes necessary. Yeah. <laughs> oh great shit ever. <laughs> what was the name of the character? I can't think of it for the top. Of the my head. Shockmaster. Oh, Sting, god, yeah. Sting gives him this big intro. He's like, he's gonna shock the world. <laughs> like Shockmaster. <sighs> I can't even. <laughs> I can't breathe. All right, so let me get this straight. If you, fans, if you haven't seen this, <laughs> definitely look it up. If you guys haven't seen the Shop, Shop Master, that whole fucking video is just absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the worst. Or Abdullah the Butcher getting fried in the uh, the, the fucking cage match. God damn. <laughs> 
Like WWE, back then, WWE or WWF at the time and WCW, I think were trying to fight on who had the dumbest gimmicks uh, for a short period of time. Like from 90 to 92, some of the dumbest things, or not even 90 to 92, like 93, 94. Ugh. Man. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do. It's not even top. hot. <laughs> it's not hot. Uh, we're going to have to do our top five. What wrestle crafts? Yeah, yeah, basically. Oh man, I, mean, I love that I mean, website. Let's call it so bad it's good. <laughs> we'll yeah. have a next. They're not week in the hall of shame. <laughs> they're not in the hall of shame, but they're so <laughs> bad they're good. Uh, like that triple cage that WCW used to do too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? Everyone on there, like, uh, could you imagine Arn Anderson? Like, so you want me to get my fat ass up there and stand on fucking cage? <laughs> And just like try to wrestle, like how, how the fuck does that work? It's like three feet wide. Chain link. <laughs> this chain link. Oh man! And I ate it up when I was a kid. Uh, All right. So getting back on track to make sure we're saying okay. brainbusters go, and you want to get rid of the Midnight Express as of right now. To you know, we don't have to think of them when we're cutting the stand. I don't want to say get rid of them because I think there's some other people maybe we could work out of getting rid of before them but i will say out of this list if you look at the body of work totally and arn's really hard to fucking pass up as a tag unit i feel like they you know i mean there's some great tag teams on this list man um but some of them went on to be better singles competitors than tag teams whereas like totally and arn to me is Fucking! If you're a tag team, you should aim to be Tully and Arn. In fact, there's a tag team called the Revival, whose contract should be up soon. It just aimed to be Tully and Arn, essentially. Oh, dude, Arn Anderson's already talked about. If you got a chance to be their manager, he I think he fantasizes over it from um, the way he talks about them. So, give them to Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and let them fucking help them out a little bit. And, I don't know. I kind of still want them to show up on NWA, actually. I think that would be awesome. They're kind of built for it, you know? Yeah, there's one of the tag teams on our list that has recently showed up on NWA. In AEW. God, you know what? I want to say, I'm going to pull what you pulled um, right now and say that the Rock and, Roll Holo- Rock and Roll Express automatically goes to the top. And I'm going to give the option to... And as much as I love them, but kind of what you're base, basing uh, saying, I think the Rockers are amazing. Uh, I love the Rockers. I love their matches with, you know, it doesn't matter if it was the uh, Heart Foundation or Demolition or their awesome matches with the Brain Busters. They kind of were, you know, it's. It, I'm assuming Vince couldn't get the Rock and Roll Express, so he made his own one. And as much as I love Shawn Michaels, and think he's amazing. I can live without them going in the Hall of Fame this round. Yeah, and I mean, HBK already got his credentials anyways, right? <laughs> he's, he's already in there. <laughs> Hall of Fame. And also, it's they right, did yeah. almost kill a guy, to be fair. <laughs> like, WWE legitimately got sued because they broke a guy's neck. And the rest of the tag teams, I don't know of any of that. Maybe the Dudleys, but they probably had, like, Big Dick Dudley bury him behind the arena or whatever. So if you're in Philly, <laughs> check that out. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think, uh, damn, now it's going to get hard, though, because Rock and Roll Express, Rock and Roll Express is in there. 
brain busters are in there and we have Ugh. let me i'll just spit it out i'll, I'll say the team the teams that i think are to me and, and they're i think all of these teams will eventually get in because they all deserve to be in our hall of fame but if we're cutting it down to five the three or the four that i think we have to kind of argue about midnight express fabulous free uh fabulous free birds the steiner brothers and and to me personally would be legion of doom aka the road warriors Mm. see the thing is this is kind of a difference of you know i i i have gone back but i didn't actually see that much of ps hayes uh until he was uh whatever the fuck terrible gimmick name vince gave him Uh, (laughs) and then the hardys and then the hardys Hardys. (laughs) funny enough another team on this list forgot what the hell his name is but i will say though to me i don't want to argue this out but even though they were kind of a knockoff same thing i don't think vince at the time could get legion of doom uh, or i should say the road warriors so he made demolition but still it's like Demolition had that record for such a long fucking time, and they used to have badass, you know, just brawler matches with so many of the great tag teams, and then ending pretty much against their feud with uh, LOD. Um, God damn it! But but also but it's again, it's WW. I, 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 it's also Vince McMahon, right? It's the WWF tag syndrome where there's like. Just a bunch of random, like the bodacious dudes or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm I'm thinking about them and the brain busters and them and the you know the the which call it the Heart Foundation and another. I don't know that I don't know that Tully and Arn ever worked demolition. They did. Did they? Okay. I could sure. be wrong on that because I because Tully and Arn ne- didn't necessarily come over when Rick came over in '92 from WCW. No, weren't they there beforehand? Possibly. We're, we're digging. Yeah, we're digging deep. I'm digging deep into the brain right now on this. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna say okay. they they did. Here's the thing. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, they did go against it, it back in '89. But um, uh, I, I remember that match. Um, I'll just say the demolition. I don't think are gonna get in at the end, anyways. So maybe it's really a point. <sighs> so there's three. I think LOD is a, is, is a no-brainer. Um, out of the two young teams, I don't know if you agree with me, but I would say Hardy's over Dudley's. Yeah, well, I, I right before the show, I subbed Dudley's for... Uh, damn, never mind. No, I can't think of it. I, I, I subbed them for Road Warriors, but you already had Road Warriors on your list, so I guess the Dudley's stay here. And I think both those tag teams definitely will get in and deserve to be in the Dudley's have won one tag team championships everywhere. Everywhere you could win a belt, they won them, except for WCW, which was extinct. <laughs> yeah, it's like them and the Hardings so, have some of the... They have gone on to have titles and fucking ridiculous. Um, it's almost... The thing about the Hardys, though, is that they're... It's great that they're still brothers and together, but some of their best shit is when they're apart. Which makes yep. you sad outside of those TLC matches. I mean, they had good tag matches, and it's really fun to see them work together. It was great to see them work a, a team that we've already thrown in there, the Rock and Roll Express, in a ladder match. Like, fucking. 
yeah, <laughs> three years ago or whatever that was. Um, they're great, man. Uh, I mean, I would almost go Hardy's over Steiner Brothers. I'm going to suggest to you, and if you don't want to do this, we don't have to. For the last three, to kind of like wrap things up a bit. How about we do LOD, the Hardys and the Steiners? So the full list looks like what? Rock and roll. Rock and roll, Brain Busters, it would be Steiners, LOD, Hardy Brothers. Unless you think and you want to put forth an argument that the Fabulous Freebirds, which is one of your last choices, should be over any of those other teams. I mean, they should be all. They should be over all those teams, but just because Bad Street USA and that Freebird Road song I sent you earlier—the <laughs> 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 fact that Terry Gordy is one of the greatest big men to ever work in the fucking sport, and definitely one of the best tag wrestlers I've ever seen in my life—and watching the fabulous Freebirds in action is fucking great. The only downfall is that they just wrestled the Von Ericks for fucking ever, <laughs> so. Uh, you could get really good if you have the same dance partner for a long period of time. Is that why it happens think, at WWE? Does Michael PSAs go, hey, why you guys do the same match? It'll be great. <laughs> Y'all heard my new single, Freebird Road? Make sure you check it out. I've been hanging out with this guy named Joe Exotic. <laughs> I'm okay. I love Fabulous Freebirds, and it's specifically Jerry Gordy. I think Jerry Gordy's fucking great. Um, and Michael PSAs was a fucking just at that peak of shit bag asshole heel. I think he nailed it. Um, and obviously they made a lot more money than some of the fucking teams on this list, according to Michael PSAs at least. <laughs> had to get the, had to get the rib joke in there. I think we have a solid list. I'm okay with pushing fabulous Freebirds further down the road, but I don't think it'll be that much further. All right, I'm t- calculating everything. <laughs> you got one of those TX-83s, Texas uh-huh. Instrument style? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you just playing uh, Doom right now? Don't lie and I'm say not. you're not playing Doom. <laughs> I'm not, man. Can you hear me doing it? Yeah. All right, yeah, so we have four of the list now. Brain Busters, the Rock and Roll Express, the Hardy Boys, Steiner Brothers, and the Road Warriors. And I will remove them, and that is the fun thing about this, is once we do this, we got to remove them and figure out five pe- five tag teams, Chris, instead to be added to this. We- so that's even harder because I don't think <sighs> – uh, Rock and Roll Express, that was it. Well, I give you one right off the rip for me. It's because we're going to add five together, right? Um, yep. The Funks. The Funks. I will also throw out there uh, one that we didn't talk about, the Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian. Yeah, it's kind of, they have to be up there. Um. All right, there's three more choices. Let me see. I'm tempted. I don't know. You might think I'm crazy, but they're one of my favorite novelty tag teams. Should we include novelty tag teams or no? 
I mean, I think it's whoever you think is the best tag team, and we'll have a discussion afterwards. Because, I mean, I think, yeah, like, I mean, it's not like we're going to be like, oh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, we should put them on the fucking list. No, this is our Hall of Fame. We can put whatever we want on it. All right. I want to put I want to put the Rock and Saw connection. Great tag love team. That, I love that gimmick. Uh, I will right. submit an idea, and you can shoot this down, but I think that I don't necessarily think their in-ring work was the best, but, but the Outsiders. Paul, I like Paul that. Nash. And my last one I'll suggest for this is Harlem Heat. Oh, God, that's such an obvious one. Yes. Yeah, for sure. All right. You know Damn what it, I'm about to suggest? My, my next one was going to be Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase, but... <laughs> Now we're getting we'll get him in there. Shit. <laughs> we'll get him in there. Still, I mean, ten teams that we have that are possibilities right now, the nominations, if you will: Midnight Express, Fabulous Freebirds, the Funk Brothers, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, the Rockers, Demolition, the Rock and Sock Connection, the Outsiders, and Harlem Heat. Pretty damn good, I'd say. That's a, that's a stacked ass list. And now I'm all like, right, thinking about what I'm going to eliminate next week, and also very sad about it already. <laughs> well, this is the part where we add someone to the Hall of Shame, man. We need a tag team. I need a tag, uh, team. Need a tag team. Ding and Dong. The Ding Dongs. There's a tag team called the Ding Dongs? Uh, yes. <laughs> Holy I fuck. Think, I'm trying to remember. It was a WWE tag team. Uh, yeah, the Ding Dongs, <laughs> and that was one of uh, God. What was the good Jim? That was a uh, Cowboy Jim Hurd idea. Also taking away top ropes. He had some good ideas if you were looking wrestling in the sixties. Um, but yes, the Ding Dongs, Ding and Dong. <laughs> I think like. I I don't know what tag team you have lined up for worst tag team ever, but I. I can feel pretty good about Ding and Dong being the worst. God, if we could do a faction, I'd pick those goddamn cheerleaders. Um, that Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> unfortunately, squad. had to be a part of it. Um, you know what? We I'm gonna pick the worst faction. God, this is kind of because <laughs> I don't think I don't I, I don't think either Scotty Riggs or Buff Bagwell were bad. And individually, Beth Bagwell, I mean, if we do this for a very long time, probably could come up as someone that we put on this list, I guess. Um, but the American Males were a fucking terrible tag team. Ridiculous. It's mostly because of the, it's mostly because of the theme song, though. Not necessarily. American Males! American Males! American Males! <laughs> I can't... I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I want to put them on the shame list. <laughs> uh, so all right. Well, really, what about the fucking, um, what was the one that, uh, Johnny Ace was in with Shane Douglas? Oh, the surfers. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. What the hell was the name? Dynamic dudes. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's it. All right. Before the American males. And like I said, <laughs> if we ever add them to that list, uh, it's not for their individual performances, but a terrible fucking music and, everything else but i agree with you dynamic dudes holy hell 
dynamic dude's way worse gimm- i mean both good in-ring wrestlers but way worse gimmick wise if you're like you have to go be the american male i'd be like all right i can be the american male i guess if you're like you gotta like wear shitty neon way outside of it being cool and skateboard down to the ring when you don't know how to skateboard oh. uh <laughs> God, i'm looking up a picture they look fucking so stupid they look way worse mm-hmm. than the American males, even with that shady theme song. <laughs> they just <laughs> there's a lot of bad tag teams. <laughs> we could just there is. we could just go ahead and add the American males if you want. Just uh, no, we we don't have to do that. Okay, <laughs> I just I mean <laughs> that's the thing is like Shane Douglas and, and Johnny Ace, Johnny Ace in Japan, he was pretty fucking good in the ring and Shane Douglas was great in ECW and even some of his stuff in WCW but like man that's like the night that's like the you just got shit on with a gimmick <laughs> like oh man. man I think future ones think about uh, New Age Outlaws Heart Foundation there's gonna be a lot of fun ones to talk about oh, natural for, disasters for good, for good tag teams yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I was like, don't, don't, we don't want the say, listeners to get mad. <laughs> I'll even say, I remember the colossal connection with fucking Haku and uh, Andre the Giant. That was a badass tag team back in the day. Uh, but we'll have fun with this, I think. Like we've had fun with, uh, uh, you know, the other stuff that we did. But um, I think that's it, man. I think that's a show. Yeah, I think it is. I, I will say, everyone, hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton. Um, or on Facebook at Christopher.r.patton and uh, give us some of your recommendations for shitty tag teams or good tag teams or great singles competitors because we would like to, if even if we have to subtract some people to add in some of your suggestions, if they're good enough to make the list, then it's good enough for the discussion and you can agree or disagree. Um, and give us your feedback, what, what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Skate's Throats, it's going to be coming out uh, Monday more than likely and we're going to try to... Uh, just keep this thing rolling everybody be safe and uh man just have a great weekend dane you also have a great weekend and uh take take over for me because i'm running out of words well running out of words well i'll add some to it you guys have a great evening and a great weekend thank you guys so much for listening to us remember we'll be back uh probably have a show out you know like next friday and, uh, you know, Saturday. So enjoy your weekend with some shows for Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We'd love doing these shows for you guys. And uh, in the meantime, in between time, have a good one. That's all I got. Peace out. Let the Geek Pfizer with you. Just kidding. <laughs>